to the board game community show. I'm your host, Riley Starr. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, publishers, whatever. Really anything with a nerd at the end of its title is welcome here on the board game community show 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 welcome back to the board game community show today i'm joined not by a single guest not by double the guests but triple the guests i said that so differently than the first take (laughs) not your best word So, we're doing the end of year episode, kind of year in review and looking to next year. And I have Phil from Organized Fun. Hello. Ryan from Mr. Rao Gaming Channel. You renamed your channel, right? Yeah, just just, just Mr. Rao Gaming. Perfect. Okay, good. (laughs) It felt weird not to say rants and reviews, but I was like, no, that changed a while ago. (laughs) And then my lovely wife. From being my wife, Kimberly, or Kimmy. I'm going to call her Kimmy. It feels weird to call her Kimberly. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> not, not to make this any more awkward than it already is, Riley. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm really excited. We were going to have uh, Tim as well from Board Game Hot Takes, but he wasn't able to make it today. So hopefully we'll have like some clips of him uh, somewhere in here. But uh, if you are the- here just for Tim, please carry on listening. Yeah, because and expect him. Okay, just you could just imagine his responses, and it'll it'll be the same. Or this is just an elaborate rouge, and he is actually going to show up at some point in time in the episode, and you just have actually no idea. Yeah, surprise <laughs> guest that I ruined. <laughs> uh, how? Let's. I mean, this is going to sort of go right into that, but we're going to start off with a highlight or two of the year. And I'll kick it off. This year, we got to go on a road trip, Kimmy and I. and Well, it was like a work trip. And we go out to the West Coast. And we went to Portland, where we got to play games with Chris from Board Game Hot Takes and his family. And they were lovely. We played Canvas. We hung out, ate breakfast, and just had a great time with them. Uh, And that was just before we left Portland. And then on the way home later that same night, we got to meet up with John Wood, who is who he was my mentor, my board game mentor, uh, board game design mentor. I guess that that makes more sense. Uh, And so we got to play a couple games with him. And it was my first time getting to, like, meet either of them in person. So that was really fun to me and a a fond memory. Uh, And then. Oh, I'm just, I made a list here. We're just going to go in my camera order. So Phil, you go next. Hello. As as you'll expect, mine is a well-ordered, well-planned um, piece of notice. So I was going to say my first highlight was um, obviously playing Bunkers and Badasses with a friend and foe Adventure Co. But then I was like, wait, how long have we been doing it? Have we been doing that for more than a year? But even if we have, who cares? Because it's still a highlight of this last year. So... 
there you go. Yes, it's just great fun. It's something to look forward to every week or every other week. Um, and it's just, you know, never know what's coming next. Never know what's going to happen next in the story. So it's really enjoyable. I think that we started that we started recording the first week after January because December was too hectic to start. There you go then. So complete 2022 highlight win. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I would have put that one, but you know, whatever. I am so far behind in listening to that show. I can't even remember where I have left off. <laughs> That's okay. It's fine. Two, oh, yeah. Three of us are on that show. <laughs> we just have little Ryan here, not a part of it. We, I'm going to tell you, though, things get like, I like I'm proud of our early stuff. It's just kind of fun. But things get like actually good, I think. I'm very proud of <laughs> later episodes. Perfect. Well, I'm going to have to like, put them on two times, two and a half times speed, just to make sure everybody sound like chipmunks while they're going through it. And yeah, <laughs> Chip, chipmunk Tarquin would be hilarious. I, think. <laughs> I should just start editing you that way. <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> well, next up, uh, Ryan, what do you, what have you got? Well, my highlight is quite, you know, it, it's, it's predictable. It's because I, I, I started the channel. This year, and I started it in um, April. I was going through a really rough patch last holiday season, last Christmas season. I had stopped being a part of the Cardboard Conjecture podcast for various various reasons, and then my, uh, my 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 therapist said, "You need to actually put your like energy into something. You need to be doing something. Doesn't necessarily have to be with other people, but you just need to do something." And so then I actually started the channel and then, yeah, I started that in April and now I've have tons of recorded memories that like Riley's been on there quite a few, quite a number of times on our live streams with uh, David uh, from all games doing old and Tim from board game hot dogs. We have, um, now we actually evolved into like a monthly game night that we actually record and share with everybody and lots of lots of really witty banter and inside jokes are going along now and everything like that and so that has been a really really fun piece of this year that has that that's been growing and i look forward to i i'm assuming we're going to continue it into the into 2023 but i'm just assuming at this point yeah (laughs) i mean I'm down, of course, but mm. I, I've been really impressed with your growth this year and have loved seeing, you know, everything you're up to. I, I think it's so cool to see all of that. And that, uh, spoiler for later, but I mean, that I, I didn't put that as one of my highlights, but that really is one of my monthly highlights is every month playing games with you three has been just a blast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, Kimmy. Okay, one of my highlights is going to the cabin. My grandma has a cabin up in the mountains, and it's very small. It's one one room with one bathroom, and I like to go with Riley during the summer, um, and we play games. And it's nice because we have to turn up. We have no um, internet and no service. So it's really time to like just connect and play games. I don't even remember. I do remember we played Quirkle, but I don't remember what else. I do remember Pan Am. Never again. But <laughs> oh, uh, <no>. Quirkle <laughs> was really good. <laughs> but that's one of my highlights is going to the cabin this year. We went a couple times, but it was fun. Yeah. I, another game was Spirit Island. 
Oh, yes. I do remember that. The new one. The new one. Yeah. New Horizons. That one wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It was tolerable. Huh? High yeah. high praise indeed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like an eight out of ten on the BG. G scale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then if she was like, yeah, it would be a three. No. <laughs> if it was any less than that, any less enthusiasm. Uh, so my second one is playing lost the board game, which sounds ridiculous because it's <laughs> <laughs> anyone you talk to that owns it probably hasn't actually played it because the rule book for it is awful there's like misprints on the hexagon tiles there's all sorts of problems <laughs> with it but i played with a friend who i had made uh late last year and he was moving out to new jersey and so like a cup a week or two before he left we decided like let's play the lost the board game we, like we have to and we pro- it probably took us like an hour. No, it probably took us like a half hour to translate the rules and like kind of figure it out. And then midway through the game would be like, this can't possibly be right. We're changing the rules, whether it's right or wrong. Like, and But we were laughing the entire time, like cackling, having an awesome time, just like two absolute lost addicts playing the board game. Uh, yeah, it was it was fun. The, the game was, I would rate the game low, but I actually had so much fun because I was playing it with the right person that it felt like a 10 game, you know, like we were just it's such a it was such a good time. But the concept of the game is pretty good. Like you can see how it should work. It's just the rules are so awful that it doesn't. I mean, you're basically just going around collecting survivors to be on your team and sort of amassing the biggest group of survivors, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. You could almost say it's risk like in in the where you're like invading territories type things, not even necessarily invading them. You're not like you're just exploring the island and then collecting survivors. And then you've got to roll against the survivors to try and recruit them to your side. And eventually, like, you'll have to recruit the final your opposing team's leader. And yeah, but you could also say it's risk like. Because it's a risk buying it and it's a risk playing it. (laughs) (laughs) Touche, my friend. (laughs) I feel like Lost would be a great theme to stack on top of like one of these escape room style games with like the meta puzzles and the meta things that are going on around it. Not necessarily just what's happening, but uh, exit the games. What is it? Income Marcus Brand. Get on that. I want to see a lost version of Exit. I would love that, yeah. All it would be is you open the box and you've got the complete six six series box set. You watch it all and then at the end there's just a slip of paper that says, right, what do you think it was all about? And if you get it right, then you win. And if you don't, <laughs> that's the puzzle. <laughs> love it. Yeah, I'm I'm totally on board for this. I also think Lost would be a perfect like social deduction game. Who's the other, right? You know, like, whatever. It's fine. Who's the smoke monster? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You got like a werewolf type thing going there. You got smoke monster. You've got Jacob. You've got (laughs) (laughs) the others. Yeah. There's only like one survivor. (laughs) All right. Uh, Phil, what's what's your next one? 
Um, my other highlight, I probably mentioned this last time I was on when we were doing our recap of resolutions and stuff, but just finishing my revamp of um, my chargeball game was a highlight because now it all exists and it's all pretty mm. and it's on Tabletop Simulator and I played it with a few people and they like enjoyed it. So that's good. So it's a boost, isn't it? <laughs> that is awesome. I And we still haven't played it yet. I'm no, you're not allowed. About that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, normally I don't play things on Tabletop Simulator, but uh, I'm pretty opposed to it. But I would probably play that yeah. with you on TPS. I mean, of course, Riley, you are allowed to play. It's just got to come back around on the spreadsheet. So 2025, 20, <laughs> maybe? No, not if it's my choice, right? It's my. I'll set up a game night and be like, oh, yeah, I picked a game. It's your game. <laughs> yes, that's true. Damn you and your spreadsheet. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, I know you said you only had one, but did you come up with another? I I, I do. Um, it, it's just a quick one. Um, my oldest son, Regan, he has really started to blossom into kind of a little bit of a gamer. So that's kind of been a highlight throughout this year is that he's been enjoying lots of different styles and a bunch of different games. And they're not just like, you know the old versions of sorry and connect Four. even though I still enjoy those ones, but we've been getting, you know, like draft and he loves Marvel United and all of those other things. So he has really turned into my other player. He's turned into our player three. My wife's my player two. He's now player three. And then my youngest, he's still in the stage of like, he gets bored after like five minutes <laughs> and I'm just going to start playing around with all the pieces. <laughs> Kimmy's shaking her head like, yeah, I can relate. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that is really awesome. I, Whenever we think about having, or like kids and stuff, you know, let's have that conversation here on the show. I'm always <laughs> like, it would be so nice to have a little brainwashed board game child, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always have a player two or three, depending on if Kimmy will play with us. <laughs> <laughs> Although, what if it went the other way and your child hated board games? And, like, there's this whole room in your house that the child just despises. Like, <laughs> that's why that, there's that a... has actually been like a big worry. <laughs> 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 I even have my own, he has, has, he has his like own little shelf of games oh, that he's right. claimed, he's claimed as his. They're my games, but they're, they're his <laughs> games. And so I'm just like, hold on to it as long as I possibly can because there's going to be a time where he's like, I, I don't like these anymore. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't come to fathom that thought. I can't come. Yeah. I was going to say, there's always like, adoption. <laughs> <laughs> Give them up for adoption. Put them in the system. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> no son of mine's going to hate board games. Get out of this house. You must like games. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I imagine, you know, we we obviously can see each other here. And so I'm seeing your bo uh, your calyx is behind you. And I imagine as he gets older, your calyx getting less and less full as he takes oh, your games and puts them in yours. Is. But well, what you can't see, though, is that there's four more calyxes like in the other room where one of his one of them is his. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> well Kimmy yours um my next one is that I met a new friend and it turns out she really likes board games more than me probably I feel like about the same as Riley so what um, you're saying is you found Riley a new friend yes I found 
<laughs> I found Riley a new friend. Um, but it's been really nice getting to know her and her husband. And we've been having game nights, and that's been really fun. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, under unfortunate circumstances, but he might get a copy of Battlestar Galactica, which is like on my must play list. And I'm excited to maybe get to play that. But also feel slightly guilty that it's like, you made a new friend. And now it's all like, let's have game nights. And it's just like, no, you can, you two can go shopping. But at the same time, like, let's play board games. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like I hijacked your friends. <laughs> I don't think so. She's really into games. So I think she enjoys it. You yeah. heard it here first, though, listeners. Riley just gave his wife permission to go shopping and hang out with her friends. <laughs> oh, no. Recorded. Recorded. Timestamp, 16 minutes, four seconds. <laughs> I'm a bad person. <laughs> we adhere can, to the patriarchy here. <laughs> I can relate. I can relate to this story, too, because one of my good gaming friends now, Ian, was actually a friend of my wife wife's before I met her and then he introduced me to games and then all of a sudden we became best friends and she's like wait 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 they were my friends before they were your friends and you get to hang out with them more than me (laughs) (laughs) we'll play more board games that's it (laughs) that's the solution (laughs) oh that's great um I didn't have a third one but while talking to you guys just all of the collaboration I've gotten to do this year you know, coming on to your channel, doing friend and foe, going on, um, that was this year. Yeah, I got to go on Board Game Hot Takes and to be like a guest reviewer there. I got to do uh, uh, Tabletop Express. Mm-hmm. And oh my goodness, I feel like I'm forgetting one or two others. I know I've been on a couple of things. Oh, All Games New and Old. That was really fun. He did like an interview that was better than my interviews. And I was like, cool, whatever. Yeah, just come in here and do interview me who does this all the time and do it better. No, uh, but you know, like it's been really fun to get to go on all of these other people's things and collaborate and just have a good old, good old time. Um, yes, yes, we've yeah. joked around that we're we're cre- we're self consciously creating the dice tray network. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so good. I think you know. Why not, right? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Like, I sort of had that as a tentative third as well. Just the sort of variety, like the 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 range of people that I've played with this year and the ways that I've played, you know, like playing on BGA with you, Riley, online and playing over Zencaster and stuff on the Friend and Foe and just, yeah, just broadening those horizons of who you play with, not who you play, that's something different, who you play with and how you play with them. <laughs> Um, yeah, this year has really sort of ramped up a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to piggyback onto this as well because, yeah, having Riley on the streams so many times, David and Tim. And then I've also gotten to play with a lot of people from the uh, What You've Been Playing Wednesday, the Cardboard Conjecture podcast have come on the streams as well. I can throw out a message and they were like, yeah, I'll come on. I'll play this and stuff like that. Like Riley and I, we played uh, with Alex. Uh, we played Wingspan on BGA. And Alex is a fantastic uh, guy that I never I never thought I would ever get a chance to play a game with. And then I actually played with the designers of Skull Canyon Ski Fest, uh, Jason and Kip. And that, that was an absolute blast to have. So, 
yeah, having all these collaborations and being able to, you know, have such a welcoming community where everybody, everybody's just willing to take a chance and just like sit down. Uh, I got to play with Arwen um, from Cardboard Time. We got to sit down, play some point salad. That was a really, really fun time. And I'm just, I know I'm going to forget a whole bunch of people. So I'm going to stop talking about who I've had on the channel and whatnot, because I'm going to forget Rob and Anna Marie from the Meeple Dungeon, Jason from Dyson Dragons. <laughs> um, I think I, I think I hit most of the, I think I hit the big ones. <laughs> I, I feel you there. Like, I feel like I'm sure that I'm missing somebody and it's not that I don't appreciate it. It's just that in the moment I'm like, oh no, I can't remember, you know, I, <laughs> that, that fuzzy thought. I just looked up my number of play, people I've played with this year on my my board game stats because uh, I track all of my plays. I have played with 84 people this year, which is a lot for me, I think. Like, I would never, you know, I would think that I would have, like, a core group, which I do. I definitely have, like, 13 people that I play pretty regularly with. That's one person for every year that rose from Titanic has been alive after the disaster. Brilliant. That's a great stat. Put that on, put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> it's spent 84 people. I, I, I thought I here I thought he was gonna say that was just like one gigantic game of welcome to with 84 people. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> I was trying to get that 99th, but couldn't do it. Uh, uh, Kimmy, you have an actual third one that you thought of. I do. Um, it's piggybacking on the Portland trip that we went on. Um, the game store that we visited where it was like a cafe and you could like shop for games and you could play games and then they gave you like a discount if you wanted to buy the game and we ended up buying patchwork because we enjoyed it so much and it was really fun had a really good artichoke and goat cheese dip that was delicious that was really good mm. uh, <laughs> i thought you were gonna say something about abandon all artichokes but i was waiting for that game but the table next to us was playing it like the entire time. And so we never got to play Abandon All Artichokes there. But the food was great. That Yeah, that was a really good one. I'm like embarrassed that I didn't think of that or throw that into my Portland, you know, trip. My bad. I'm sorry, babe. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. There's our does anyone else have any other memories they want to share? Or? I think we're good. So many. So many. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so many. <laughs> uh, well, next up, this was a Kimmy idea, is the Hell Nah, Hell Nah segment. But I named it absolutely never again. Did you? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, my bad. Okay. That's well, okay. The, the absolutely never again. So games that you played and then you were just like, nope, I don't love this. <laughs> um <laughs> So I'll let's start with Phil. We're going to rotate the turn order here. It's a rotating first player turn order. So it was a game that you and I played on our alphabet through BGA first. Uh, first can jump. I guess? Yes, you can guess. Oh, wait. First time? Oh, right. no. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, I was thinking of our second, the, A Fistful of Gold. No, it wasn't that one. Shoot, I don't know then. It was the Eight Masters Revenge oh. come for like what no, just 
like not only would I absolutely never again, but I would actively seek out copies and throw them in the harbour. <laughs> oh, no. I like I didn't think it was that bad. I would play it again, maybe, if somebody else wanted to. But like, yeah, it was definitely not a great play. No. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good choice, man. <laughs> Thank you. Available on BGA, everyone. Go, you know, <laughs> go try it for yourself. Uh, oh my gosh. Ryan, okay. you're up next. Yeah. So mine, I don't know if mine's a bit of a hot take or not or anything like that, because this game is actually beloved by a lot of people. And it is currently, where is it? It currently sits at like 161 overall on BGG. So a pretty highly regarded game, but man, did I not have a fun time playing this one? And that is Memoir 44. Oh, yeah, so this is designed by Richard Borg. It's published by Days of Wonder. It's 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 like this accessible World War II war game type thing. But this thing was way too random for my liking of especially a quote-unquote like war game where there's supposed to be maybe some strategy and where you're putting your pieces. And first off, there's randomness in the dice rolls. Like you just roll some dice and see if some guys get knocked off the board or not. And then you also have a hand of cards that you actually just draw a card and those cards actually tell you which region you can activate your troops in. So I can get a handful of cards that say, oh, you can only activate the right side of the board. I have no troops on the right side of the board, so I can't do anything. Oh, but I can finally activate something and I get to roll one dice and it misses everything. Okay, cool. That was a fun turn. And then it goes back and forth like this for all. Now, this didn't actually happen to me on my playthrough, Norm from Cardboard Conjecture was playing with me and he's a history teacher and he was thought that this was going to be, this game was going to be his jam and he was, I rate that nothing, nothing he could do to stop the randomness. Yeah. And he got, and he got steamrolled. Oh, that's rough because like anymore with any sort of modern board gaming, you have to have some way to mitigate luck to some extent, mm. to make it fun for people. And like I did mention, this game did feel very dated. Like, it came out, like, I'm looking on BG right now. It came out in 2004. It feels oh, wow. like a game that came out in 2004. I didn't realize it was that old. Okay. <laughs> me, yeah, me neither. And it's got, like, it's got, like, a million expansions to it, too. And plus, I could never actually physically feel myself actually playing this game in person instead of on BGA. Because you have to have actually set up the scenarios where there's like all these tiny little dudes going on all these tiny little hexes and you have to set up all the hexes that you have to set up all the terrain. So you're probably looking at a good, like good setup time for like a random luck fest. Jeez. <laughs> at, okay. at least that's how I feel. That's how I'm perceiving it. So hell nah, I'm never playing memoir 44 <laughs> ever again. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Kimmy, what's up for you? Um, am I listing all of them or just one just at one. a time? One at a time. How many do you have? <laughs> I limited it to three. Disclaimer, I'm very critical of games because I don't know. I just am, I guess. She doesn't want to like waste her free time. It's very valuable. Yeah. It's precious. Limited free time. And I, yeah, it needs to be good. Um, the first one that I wrote down was Dice Throne. 
it didn't really make sense to me. I didn't know what I was doing. I was rolling a bunch of dice and then matching them to my board. And then, I don't know, not for me, not my cup of tea. We played that at a convention. And like, I was trying to kind of read the rules. And I was like, this seems pretty straightforward. So we played it. And Kimmy beat me pretty easily, I think. But it was just like, wait, that that we must have played it wrong. Like, I felt like we played it wrong. But then I ended up buying Marvel Dice Throne. I played it with my brother. And it's like, it's all right. You know, like, it's a good, it's it's fine. But I, I totally understand the like, yeah, eh, mm-hmm. not for everybody. And probably, honestly, not for me. Like, I might end up getting rid of Marvel Dice Throne at some point. Maybe we'll see. I know uh, Rob or uh, Ryan, Rob, <laughs> Ryan, uh, you, do you like Dice Throne much? Yeah, actually, we actually enjoy it quite a bit. Do you but, think it's because you have like the younger kids or do you enjoy it like a lot? Actually, actually it, it's, it's, it's one my wife actually really enjoys because she says I can actually sit down and I can turn my brain off for like half an hour and still have an enjoyable experience. Okay. <laughs> So nice, but yeah, but I, I, I can totally see this game like not being for everybody. It's kind of like, oh, what I, 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 I always kind of kind of call it like a King of Tokyo, like plus version, everything like that. I'm not a really huge fan of King of Tokyo, but I am a fan of Dice Throne. So I don't actually know where the happy medium in between those two games actually are. But my, like, but when my wife says I can shut my brain off for half an hour, like, that also obviously is an indication like, okay, yeah, there's actually not a lot going thinking wise into this game. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I felt. Like it was just like, I was, I think the expectation of it being a little bit deeper than it was, was my problem with it was, it was just my expectation. I think it's a fancy version of Yahtzee. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Oh my, I'm next. I'm, after Kimmy. So I, this one was a Kickstarter and it's not that it's necessarily bad. The artwork is great. I would probably play it again if like somebody else really wanted to. Uh, and that's all of mine are like, I, I would play it again if someone requested, I just wouldn't request it, but it was called hidden leaders. Do you remember playing that babe? Vaguely. Vaguely. Yeah. It's like, almost a tug of war type thing. You're trying to get certain markers, certain clans to a look certain like uh, to either be ahead of everybody else or ahead of a certain other person or uh, whatever it is, or be so far, so many spaces ahead. It was something like that. Um, and, And the artwork is like gorgeous. The lore of this is awesome. Like I want to live in this world, but the actual gameplay of it for me just didn't hit. Um, yeah, I know, hidden leaders. It was a Kickstarter. It wasn't even too too expensive. I don't necessarily regret buying it or trying it, but eh, there we go. That's my first one. Never even heard of this one. Yeah, I mean, it, like I don't know. It's got some good ideas, like cards you play. Some of them have abilities, but some of them might just be about moving the tracker. There's like three different three or four different trackers. If I remember right, I mean, it's been a while since I've even played it, but you got like the mountain, the water, the fire and the undead, something like that. And you just need to have 
whatever your hidden leader is, no one else knows what that leader is. Um, mm. You need to have one of their factions be the winning faction. Right, right. So, hmm. yeah. Uh, Phil, what's your next one? I only have one. Oh, whoa. I poured, all, I poured all of my hatred into eight masters, whatever, revenge. <laughs> Wish I could get my really... revenge on it. <laughs> That's really <laughs> impressive. I know, right? I'm so, I'm just so benevolent generally. <laughs> uh, recently on your, one of your episodes, you, or no, that wasn't on one of your episodes. That was just us talking. Uh, <laughs> I get them confused, you know. <laughs> um, but you played uh, Near and Far, which is one of my favorites. But you were playing it on, like, Tabletopia. Yes. And it wasn't a hit for you on there. No, not on Tabletopia. But then, because I have the real copy anyway. So, like, I have played it for reals. And oh, I love right. it. Yeah, it was just the Tabletopia version didn't land with me okay. but that's tabletopia's fault that's not near and far's fault cool all right all right fair God, uh, Riley, we... stop trying to stir trouble stop trying to cause problems <laughs> i know a game that's in my top five i'm like well like is it, <laughs> is it a top five please talk it down please talk it down <laughs> <laughs> no don't this was <laughs> this will be a forever top five um ryan what what about you what's next on yours uh, yeah, I only have one more, and I'm not going to say too much more about it. Um, it was a pretty uh, forgettable experience. Uh, I played a game called Nightfall. It's by Red Raven Games, um, but it's not a it's not a Ryan Lockett design. But he published it and did all the artwork for it, and created the solo campaign story campaign for it. Except for I'm like mm, this game. It's meant to actually, I think, be played as a team game of these knights in shining armor trying to defend this castle or this ruins by all from all these monsters. And one team of players playing the knights, and one team of players is playing these demons and everything else. And really, it just comes down to like, hey, I play a card, I do the thing on the card. Okay, now you get to go play a card to do a thing on the card. We have some sort of asymmetric abilities, but they're not like super groundbreaking or anything like that. I purchased it because it was on sale and it was cheap and it had said solo uh, campaign mode. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to try this out. And I was like, wow, uh, I thought that this would actually have a lot better of like a story going behind it and everything. Everything seemed pretty very basic. Um, not too many different choices. The actual encounters that you're actually going to be playing through weren't very interesting to me. And I was like, okay, uh, I got through not even one chapter of the story play and I packed it up and it's on the for sale trade pile. Now. Wow. So, All right. Um, I didn't even yeah. know that this came out. Like, I feel like I remember that they launched a crowdfunding thing for it and then they canceled it because they, was, they got feedback that like, it wasn't very interesting. Uh, and then, yeah, I think then it went straight to retail. Oh, wow. And now I see it actually on my, my local game store actually has a whole bunch of copies on. It's like 50 to 60% off shelf. And they've been sitting there for a very long time. <laughs> Oof. Okay. <laughs> so good to know. Yeah. I, I was hesitant for that one because of, you know, I knew it wasn't designed by Ryan. So mm -hmm. it, it seemed iffy. The artwork is actually very, very good. Like very Ryan Lockett style. Very good. The demons are very interesting look to look at. The knights all have their own special thing. There's golems and everything like that. It 
just didn't. Nope. Didn't oh. grab me. Oh, good to know. That's totally fair. Well, Kimmy, what have you got next? Uh, my next one is El Grande, um, which I'm sure many people enjoy. And I could see why people enjoy it, but I thought it was too mean for me. Oh. Like it was a very like, take that, like I'm stealing your land. And yeah. Yes, That's you're very much in, you're very much in everybody's faces, which yes. is actually why I like it. <laughs> Ryan's <laughs> eyes went so wide when she said <laughs> El Grande. <laughs> yeah, we played that with those friends that you made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it was really entertaining. And I had played it like a week or two before on stream uh, over on Tabletop Express. And like I I really I think it's fun to like yell at each other as long as everybody's like, Hey, we're all going to get upset with each other. We're all going to get annoyed. Uh, but, and, and we just have to like be okay with that and commit to it and have fun with it. Like, and so we were like yelling at each other, but it did like, you know, there was a time or two where it got a little tense in like a not comfortable way. I think. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, for a lot of people, it would be the right game for them. It's just like me, I'm like more laid back in my gaming approach. And I don't really want to be yelling at somebody or just like taking their, I don't even know what they're called. They were like. Cabularos or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be taking people's stuff. I just, not for me. Yeah, totally fair. Yeah, this is a game that my wife absolutely hates. And I'm pretty sure I had to walk home from a game night afterwards or something like that because oh my gosh. I, but i might be getting at this game in another very mean take that ish game because i probably backstabbed my wife it, 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 while while trying to set myself up into a like a game winning move and whatnot and i don't think she was very appreciative of, of it oh, <laughs> if i'm man. remembering this night correctly it's been a long time since we <laughs> played that game together <laughs> understandable yeah it's I I get it. <laughs> had to this walk home. Had game. to walk home from game night many of times, Riley. <laughs> no, luckily no. Because <laughs> I'm the driver. That's the only reason. We'll drive home in silence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very tense. I'll turn on the radio and she'll turn it off and look at me and just shake her head. <laughs> uh, well, my second one is quite a popular one this year and uh yeah i it's final girl and i think Mm. thematically this game is really cool right you're playing as the final girl in a horror movie Uh, you're gonna be the last survivor maybe if you can beat the big bad uh horror villain uh and maybe it was the scenario that i got i got the big top one i carnival i don't know what it was called now um and like it seemed kind of interesting they sort of did interesting things uh thematically like again uh, you have like these events that happen and so at the very start i flipped over this card and it said uh whoever's at this location whatever civilian is at this location uh, is now a werewolf for the rest of the game and they can't be killed but instead they like are hunting down other civilians or something you are maybe it's you are the bad guy and they'll do damage to them something like that 
Uh, and so I was like, oh, that's really fun and clever. But, you know, and it made it tricky to kind of move around. So far, I'm, I'm only saying good things, right? But <laughs> at a certain point, I was like, um, what you do is you have your cards um, and there's like your basic cards that you will have. And once you spend them, um, use them in one way or another, they go into a discard pile. But you might want to save some because what goes in the discard is exhausted the next round. Uh, but you can buy some other cards and add them to your hand. But then once you use those, they just go back into the shop. And so you'll have to buy those again later. So what ended up happening is that I found a cycle and I just repeated that cycle the entire game. And it was not hard at all. Once you beat, shoot, at a certain point, once a deck, once like the villain deck runs dry, you flip over the like a grand finale, the finale card. And it's supposed to make it harder, I think, but it does not. It made the game way easier. It made it so he stopped spawning his little puppets. And it's just like, I was super duper disappointed with the game. And I have not been, I've been telling myself, like, I need to give it another go. I need to try it at least one more time. Uh, you know, it's solo only. It shouldn't be that hard. But every time I try to pull it out, I'm just like, no, I'd rather play like paperback adventures. I'd rather play uh, nothing. I'd rather, like I just I can't bring myself to do it. So I'm I'm probably going to end up giving that one away. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Final Girl. I know that's a popular one. A little bit of a controversial hmm. one. Yeah, a lot of people talked about it. I at one point in time thought to myself, I actually was going to pick it up. And but then my local game store like sold like when it came in, like it went off the shelf like fast. So I'm like, okay. I let not like I don't have other games that I can play currently at, at the moment. So I was like, I wasn't completely heartbroken, but I was like, oh, okay, I'm missing out on some hotness. But yeah. Yeah. And this game might be great for you. I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. but for me, I think part of it might have been, you know, that I played paperback adventures right before and I was like, this game is great solo. Mm. Uh so it was just, and maybe different than I expected. Too easy when I heard that it was challenging. Again, it could have just been like a luck of the draw thing. So maybe a second play would solve, I would make me realize like, oh no, this game normally is hard, you know, or mm -hmm. more tricky. I can't just find a loop and infinitely do that. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it was the same thing. Like we went out on Black Friday and found that game at a store. And I was like, well, this is really hot. Like, we might as well just grab the core box in one of the scenarios. So, cool. yeah. Uh, Phil, do you have another? No, no wait, no. <laughs> hey, do you have like a third? Do you, do you want to do eight masters he wants to again? How much he dislikes <laughs> for a third time. Uh, yeah, eight masters revenge. It just, it just wasn't for me. Just, you know, I think eight masters revenge, but it was made by like no masters. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, do you have a third? I, I don't. I was actually very fortunate. I didn't play very many games that I did not like this year. Nice. Ryan, Jimmy? if you want to play Eight Masters Revenge after this <laughs> and then re-record a little section, I think that's that will give I you kinda, enough ammo. I, <laughs> can't lie. Kinda wanna go and experience, see what all the <laughs> see what all the hullabaloo is all about. Uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> we should do like a bad game night and we like everybody would choose Games like their worst game. Awful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, that, that has got mini sewed written all over it. 
That does. That's great. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing that on I'm, my list. <laughs> I'm inviting myself to your, the, your mini episode for that. Mini yes, for that. Absolutely. And we're, and we're rewriting our resolutions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Kimmy, your third. Um, my last absolutely never again would be Onitama. Oh yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Everything about it. <laughs> I feel bad because someone probably worked really hard to make it, and it's just not for me. Yeah, because it's like a very clever sort of variant of chess in a way, where you but you only have your you've got your what four pawns and your king, your emperor, and yeah. then you play a card. You have two cards to choose from that tell you where to move them, how to move them, uh, and you play that. And then you give it to your opponent to play that card later. Yeah. And you're just like switching cards back and forth the whole time. So I felt like I was very limited in the movements I could make. And to me, that was not very fun. Yeah. You're also like not a huge chess type fan. That's true. So I totally get that. For me, you know, I would love to play it again, but... That was when we played at the cafe, actually, even. It was. Mm-hmm. So, but it only took like 10, 15 minutes to find a game that you never would want to play again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Riley, I'll play Onitama with you. Thank you. I will. This this is like this is a this is a top game for me of all time because I absolutely I'm absolutely terrible at chess, but I find myself very cl- I find myself being very clever um at Onitama when I finally figure out you know, how things are going to move with like the five cards that you're that that are in that particular game. And if I can figure out exactly where the thing I actually do feel clever at points in time. And if you can figure that out before your opponent, then you're like, yes. But if you don't, you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally could see that. I, I know at a certain point, Kimmy was had just given up. She was like, mm. all right. I said, just like, win it. Just just win it. Yeah, <laughs> I could have won misery. it. I could have won it like three or four moves earlier, but I was like, oh, like, I don't want to end this too soon. I want Kimmy to feel like, you know, Uh, but yeah. (laughs) I also feel very directionally challenged. So like when the cards came, I was like, oh, I don't really know how to move that. So I'd have to ask Riley. So it kind of made me feel Mm. not very smart. (laughs) Fair. I get that. Yeah. Like when something's confusing. Uh, yeah, or not your strong suit. It's just like, oh, I'm not comfortable with this. I always think, like, of course you are very smart, but I always think of when you speak to somebody and their English is their second language, and they may sound really dumb, right? Trying to in their broken English, they're trying to speak to you, but then if they spoke their native language to you and you were trying to speak back to them, you would be the one feeling dumb. Um, and I think that's the the metaphor right there is that it's just like different understandings and it's not that you're not intelligent it's just not your language i thought you were gonna say that kimmy plays games like english is her second language <laughs> exactly exactly where that conversation should have went <laughs> and i will be walking home from this recording <laughs> uh, uh well my third hell not is a big one. Uh, people have raved about this. I think this one was probably is probably even hotter than Final Girl. Mm. Uh, Ryan, you probably know. Yeah. Uh, 
Arc Nova. And for me, like Arc Nova, we we saw so much hype for it. I was so excited for it. We were at a game store and Kimmy was like, oh, that looks really cool. You know, it is a beautiful box art. We almost bought it that day. Uh, and I think it was like on, we had like a coupon at my local game store or something. And I was like, well, maybe like if you're interested in it. But then I was thinking about it. And I was like, I've heard it can be kind of heavy and long, uh, mainly long. Kimmy doesn't necessarily love, a, you know, to sit mm-hmm. down for hours and play a game. So mm-hmm. a couple weeks later, we go to a game night, a game day thing. And uh, somebody had it. And I was like, oh, I would love to try this. Started playing it. And I was like, this has so much going on. I think there's so many fun, clever things going on. I get why people like it. At a certain point, I was like, this is way too much stuff going on that doesn't all necessarily need to connect or feels very like thrown in and forced to like connect to things for me. And it played so long. And I found myself being like, I would rather play. I love cats. I would rather play, uh, you know, any other like regular old deck building game. Like it was combining things that I just didn't feel like it melded well for me, I guess. I don't know. It just, it just wasn't a hit for that duration, especially. And 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 you're, and you're correct. Like you, you can tell how great this game actually is when we had Calendar Club stores here in Canada selling it for ten dollars the other um, just the other day on boxing uh, on Boxing Day and and whatnot. But it is like, what is this thing ranked right now on BGG? Like people went Four. gaga for bananas for this thing. It's number two on the hotness, but it's ranked number four overall. Like really. Is it the number four best game of all time? It just came out just like just the other. Like that's. Mm, mm, I know. And they're going to do the Marge Simpson. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it. But like I do sort of understand why people like it. And it would be a great game for many. But for me, it was just like too much going on and too long. I found too many similarities to Terraforming Mars. Even though a lot of people are like, it's nothing like terraforming Mars at all. I'm like, ah, it felt too much like terraforming Mars That's for my liking, for my liking. And we absolutely love terraforming Mars here. So we have, but if, if I could have got a copy for $10, of course I would pick it up for 10 bucks. Cause even <laughs> in that, I, I'd get my total money's worth for 10 bucks. Yeah. But well, I mean, you could math trade like somebody I saw oh, yeah. was like, oh, I could do math trades with that and get something awesome with that for 10. And bucks. Plus, yeah. Plus for people listening, that's 10 Canadian dollars. That's probably only like five bucks American. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't even connect that. Um, yeah, uh, we we went and did the Barnes and Noble half off sale. No shame in that, you know, like if you can get a game on sale or multiple games mm-hmm. on sale that you normally wouldn't be able to get great. Um, but we saw people with Arc Nova in their hands and Kimmy and I like simultaneously turned to each other and we're just like, no, <laughs> I was ah. so sad that it, that you didn't like it because I liked the theme so much. Like I loved the idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, Absolutely. And you were sitting next to me for the three hours that I played. Like you decided like, I'm not, no, I don't want to play. This seems a little too intimidating. And when we were done, you were also like, no, I'm so glad I didn't play. Right. Yeah, I was. But I, I liked the idea of like Tetrising out your zoo. zoo. Like I, I thought that was a cool 
aspect, but everything else, I was like, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I feel like oh, this was at Barnes and Noble, but New York Zoo, I hear, is pretty fun in that like sort of mm. zoo building way uh, and not nearly as heavy. Yeah. Well, that concludes Hell Nah. Let's do our top three new to me games. The hell yeah. The hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan, why don't you kick us off on this one? Sure. So we're just going to go straight top threes. No, no honorable mentions yet. So just great. Yeah. Number three. Number three best new to me game of 2022 is a game that has so many different things going on for it. Um, we absolutely love playing. You can play it competitively. You can play it cooperatively. You can play it solo. It's got so many different ways that you can play it. It's very puzzly. And I, I played Bullet, and this is Bullet Heart, the heart version of it. And from level 99 games, so many great things. That, and it plays so fast. I, I just found myself enthralled with this. Like the very first night that we played it, like the rule book is not very lengthy at all. And we played, oh gosh, my wife and I played like two or three games competitively. They, they went so fast, like 10, 15 minutes back and forth. And then I played, then we played some cooperative games. Again, 10, 15 minutes back and forth. And then after she went to bed, then I went, played some solo games. And again, like I like, there we go. Like we played that game about seven times that one evening. And I just found myself so enthralled. I did a live stream of it. I played some solo games of it. It's super, super fun. I, I really enjoyed the Bullet Heart. I'm trying to find a copy out. There's a second one. It's called Bullet Star, which is the same game, but it adds more. Um, they're, and they're heroines. Like all of the all of the um, heroes that you play are all female characters, too, and everything like that, which is actually really, really quite cool. And they all have a flip side that they have like an evil version of themselves that can be like a, in the boss mode that you would play against cooperatively or solo type thing. So, Bullet, fantastic. I'm trying to find myself the second version of it so I can like start mixing and matching everything. Oh, right, so it. they are compatible. Yeah, yeah. They they oh, advertise no. that it's a standalone expansion and oh, you nice. can just start mixing and matching and then you can have like epic. If you have both copies of it, there'd be enough components that you can play like eight eight player like oh. competitive mode type thing. Cool. And it's all simultaneous play, so it wouldn't take very much longer than if you were just playing like competitively four player or something like that. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I've heard so many good things about this game. I really want to try it someday. I think that what's really got going for it is the fast, quick playtime um, on it. That that's one thing, and and the rules overhead is not a lot. Like you're just pulling tokens from a bag, putting them on your board, and then seeing if you can like use your special powers to maneuver the tokens so you match patterns. And it's the matching of the patterns is the key piece of the key piece of the puzzle. Nice, I like that. Uh, well, Kimmy, your your number three. Um, my number three is Viticulture. I don't know if it's 2022, but it's new to me. Yeah. Um, it's all about making wine. And um, I thought it was really fun. I liked being able to plant the different kinds of grapes and harvest them and then make combinations to complete tasks to get points or for certain types of wines. And I thought it was really fun. My number one reason why I really liked it is it's a game that I can beat Riley at every time. And, <laughs> I like uh, that you were like dodging that, like him hawing around that. 
But yeah. I do like everything else, but that's my main reason why. Yeah, I have not won this game yet. <sighs> Whatever, it's fine. No, it, even still, though, like losing, even the first game we played, you beat me by like seven points. It was not even a close game, but I had so much fun with the choices and everything. It really is an awesome game. Surprisingly great to me. Yeah. I also like that they have like winter and spring bonus cards. Like you get to choose which one and when to play them. I thought that was really fun. Yeah. And if Tim were here, he would, I think, add in like, you really need the Tuscany expansion. <laughs> that adds so much more to the game. This is my Tim. Yeah. Is, hot is up the presses. Wow. <laughs> it's like he's here with us. He's right, right here. I I will rever- reverberate what Tim has said. The Tusty expansion is really really quite good. Uh, you definitely need the, you definitely need to try it. I'd really like the extra options um, it gives you. But yeah, because that adds like instead of um, spring and summer just being like a really quick thing, it adds more worker placement stuff. To yeah, those, it actually right? have, oh. gives you like the full four seasons. Yeah, that's cool. So I feel like after a couple more plays of Viticulture, maybe we'll we'll grab that one. So, mm-hmm. but sounds good to me. Viticulture later, yeah. Uh, my number three is Lost Ruins of Arnak. This was so hard to choose a number three. Holy cow! There were so many amazing games that I played this year, but Lost Ruins of Arnak has to take it for me because it just had. Oh shoot! Now I'm thinking, did I play this first this year? I'm pretty sure. Uh, I should have checked that. Why don't you guys know? (laughs) Anyways, I'm saying it's new to me this year. Uh, It has so much cool stuff going on in it, right? I get to feel like Indiana Jones exploring ruins and uh, less like Indiana Jones where I get to fight uh, guardians, defeat guardians or tame them. I don't know, because then I get to utilize them, get to research stuff. I don't always care about the research stuff, but I love the exploring part and the climbing, like, uh, and fighting the guardians and the deck building is pretty small there, but it's still fun. Uh, yeah. Lost you mean your Arnak. favorite part is not when everybody else has ran out of things to do and you get to still play the game by yourself for another 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that is my favorite part. And Kimmy's giving like the biggest glare because that like it happened on stream with Ryan. It happened at our game night with our friends um, it, it, I think it was seriously like 15 minutes and they were just like talking amongst each other while I was like, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And <laughs> it was seriously 15 minutes of like they had passed and I was just climbing that track. <laughs> I kept running up that hill. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You can go, you can go look at that stream. Just go to like towards the end there, that lower, that, that, that ending like three quarter mark. And Riley's just standing there, just clicking away, and we're all chit chatting away. And yeah, <laughs> that was that was great. I loved that. Anyways, <laughs> I always love when I get to do that, though. But my last two games, I haven't for some reason, or three games of it. My Scandalous. last three games, I've like either ended right at the same time as everyone else, or even before other people, because I'm tr- I'm starting to explore other options. All right. That's why that that's my of course. Experience. Of course. Oh, and I will say Tim's not here again, but Tim and I did uh, finally did a rematch. And he's like, I have to beat you at this game sometime. 
um, because he's the one that like he's the reason I bought the game, and he did indeed win our rematch finally. <laughs> finally, he had to add that part up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> We, uh, after our stream, that's got to be somewhat of a fond memory, is that we we started a game again, just asynchronously, <laughs> and it was like a three-month game of Lost Runes of Arnak. No joke. I'm oh pretty sure God. it was almost three months. Yeah, who's, whose fault was that, Riley? Yours! Yeah, of course it was mine. <laughs> Yours and David's! I know, there would be like, some days I'd be like, Oh, right. It gives me this reminder that I need to take my turn. I'm like, oh, right. I should take my turn. And then I just don't. (laughs) It'd be like three days later. Oh, right. I should take my turn now. (laughs) But it's fine. Like, I thought it was kind of funny. And uh, (laughs) you I would totally forget what was going on in the game by the time it came back around to me. But that was my ploy this entire time was take really, really long turns so that yeah. everybody just forgot what was going on. Smart, smart. <laughs> <laughs> like AC, I'm pretty, I'm a slow player. I get analysis paralysis, but I always say like asynchronously, I'm relatively fast because I will play it as soon as I can. Um, <laughs> even if I take like five minutes on my turn, you don't know that. It's just, you know, it, I've, I've gotten better. I'm doing the air quotes thing here. I'm getting better. <laughs> uh, perfect. <laughs> well, let's go to Phil. Um, before I mention my number three, something Ryan said made me think of another hell nah, right? Oh. You said just just the phrase taking tokens out of a bag and instantly filled me with rage against Quacks of Quedlingberg. I hated it. it. I hated it. I could just couldn't get into it at all. I was like, what? what is this why am i doing it rats everywhere beep that out sorry (laughs) just like what is going on no i hated it sorry sorry quacks sorry credlingberg sorry cauldrons (laughs) but yeah anyway my pull on through her hands up at that like ow do you love it hell nah i a mix. Some days I love it. Some days I hate it. It depends on what comes out of my bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I maybe I just had a bad bag, but it was it ruined my first play, and I'm happily prepared to never play it again. So, whoops. Um, anyway, my number three, new to me, is Abyss. This amazing sort of underwater fish politics game which makes it sound really rubbish but it's actually brilliant the artwork like the theme i'm a big sucker for theme and just you know you've got the board and it's this council of fish and they've all got their little areas and they sit and they've all got their little banners and their symbols. i was like yes i want it, it, it darling it is better down where it's wetter that's i want to be under the sea it was just it was so much fun loved it loved it loved it loved it yeah, that's one that we played on our BGA run. Uh, we're playing through it alphabetically, and Abyss came up obviously early on, and th- that game like surprised me too. Like I was looking forward to it because I thought that the the cover looked like ooh eerie, yeah, ooh, scary. The game is nothing like the cover would give. Like that, the cover gives you like a feeling of dread almost. But playing the game, it's like, oh, this is so clever and politically uh set you know like oh i need to recruit these political leaders to 
influence it this way and get me points this way. And, and it's just, it was really clever. I think that's another part of why I chose it for one of my three is because I, I before that day, I'd never heard of it. I had no preconceptions of what it was going to be like. And you're right, the box, even the name Abyss is quite misleading. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, it's fish. Oh, I quite like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was brilliant. I've like been keeping my eye open for that. Uh, yeah. Because even online, I think it's hard to find at a reasonable price. Mm. Yeah, yeah, cool. I've never played it. I've never played it. Oh yeah, yeah. My number two top new to me game of this past year. I, I don't know. I'm going to conjecture here and say it might be on Riley's, but I don't know, one hundred percent. But it was a huge, massive Kickstarter this year for some extra content to this game, but I managed to get a hold of Cthulhu Death May Die by uh, Rob Davio, Eric Lang, Simon, Come On Games production. And wow, people have been touting this game to me and waving it in front of my face that you need to try it. You need to try it. This thing's fantastic. It's awesome. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, but it's not available and I'm not paying an arm and a leg for it. Blah, blah, blah. Da, 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 da. And then an online Canadian retailer came out, got some copies in, and it was like sale time as well. So I'm like, okay, I'll pick it up. Picked it up, played it, and it's fantastic. <laughs> it's everything that everybody around me was telling me that this game was f uh, for, and it's very simple of just, you know, you have your characters, they can do some of these actions, you're going insane. Every time you roll these dice, you can get more and more crazy, but the crazier you get, the more abilities and powerful you get. Like, this is an insane concept, but I'm loving it. Huge epic monster miniatures that are on the board and chasing you down and setting you on fire and you're setting the rooms on fire and there's like so many different things going on. And I've only just played this solo. I haven't actually haven't played this game yet with another person. I'm just playing it solo, like two characters, and I'm just having a blast telling the story that's happening on the board in front of me the entire time. And my favorite character right now is this little girl that just like I don't even know what it is. She, is she just called like the girl or something like that? it is. Yeah, the girl. Yeah, and she's got like this crazy look in her eye and she sets like, and I think her flavor text is just, <laughs> I think that's literally all her flavor text is. And I'm like, this is awesome. And she's like, OP powerful. Yeah, I played as her the last time I played, I think. And I was like, holy moly, this like, <laughs> I thought some of the other characters were crazy, but this one is nuts. Like, yeah, I totally am with you. I put this in my honorable mentions. The, mm. uh, it was it was like a I pretty much tossed a coin between Lost Runes of Arnak and Cthulhu Death May Die. Yeah, this has been fantastic. And I'm just now I've pre-ordered the season three and season four stuff through my local game store because they bring in all these big gigantic Kickstarters. And I like that, that they do because I don't have to pay the shipping yeah. <laughs> then on top of some of these things. So uh, I am going to eagerly await that extra content. I've only just played the first two episodes. Like there's like six episodes in that box. And oh my gosh, lots. there's so much replayability inside of this game. I think that's partially why I held off too, is I've only played the first scenario. I've played it three times, <laughs> but I've only played it because I played it solo once with my brother and then with Kimmy once. And uh, like even just having the old ones, right? Or the, your ancient ones, your great ones, elder, what elder gods, whatever they are. Um, being able to switch that out 
made it mm-hmm. feel so different. Like the same scenario twice in a row felt really different all three times to me. Yeah. I only have yeah. two of the elder gods though, but still. Yeah. I just managed cool. to pick up. There's a guy uh, locally had like oh, some of those that. Kickstarter ones. Um, stupid, ridiculous low price. I, I wanted to say, dude, you could get a lot more for these, but then at the same time, I never get to take advantage of these awesome, great local deals. So I, I actually had to hell hold off. Nice. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. speaking up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's great. I, I, yeah. Cthulhu death may die. That's, that's a perfect one. Not to compare it to everybody else's top threes, but that's a perfect oh, one. Wait, that, wait for that's my number one. That's how you do it every... Oh, yeah, that's just number three. Two. <laughs> well, Kimmy, what... Oh, wait, number two. Yes, number two. <laughs> you started it. Well, Kimmy, why don't you give us your number two? Okay, my number two top three new-to-me games was Lords of Waterdeep, and I'm pretty sure... Yes! Yes! <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is an older game. Am I right? Yeah. Or am I wrong? Yeah. Or am yeah I right? Okay. Yep. Okay. It's new to me. Um, my new friend taught us how to play it. And I have to say it was the best teach I've ever experienced. <laughs> I knew what to do. I was set up for success. <laughs> no digs, but it was the best. <laughs> it was a really, really good teach. Like I always, I always try my best to teach games as the best that I can, uh, but this that she taught it so well. It's her favorite. I'm pretty sure it was her favorite game, so she like knew like the order to teach. She, yeah, it was perfect. Anyway, I love the idea of like going to different places, gathering resources, like completing the cards what? and having a secret lord and having certain cards that you want to look for. I just love it. Number two game, loved it. Amazing. Mm -hmm. if i hadn't played it last year that would be on my list oh yes kimmy yes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, she does not like the corruption though in the expansion that's not true oh i don't mind it but i don't want to take corruption as much as possible no i like the idea of it but yeah no thank you (laughs) i've been burned by that before (laughs) (laughs) oh Wonderful. Yeah, that's great. That was a perfect <laughs> number two. <laughs> wow. Uh, so my number two uh, literally flipped a coin because one and two, I could not decide. I kept like doing pros and cons between them. So really, this is like number one and number one. Uh, but it's paperback adventures and it's a solo game word game so you just have four cards you've got uh, maybe the enemy value you can use and wild uh cards that you can use but if you don't use them you get a benefit and you're just trying to do this like roguelike adventure of going through and fighting book one lackey book one boss book two lackey book two boss and you get a game gear you get to sort of level up upgrade your cards i just think it's so good it is such a good solo game and that's like if i get rid of final girl and if i never get final girl played it's paperback adventures fault because like that set the standard for me i played that one first and i was like why would i play this other game when i could play paperback adventures uh it's just so so good and it's also like 
I think the same thing with Slay the Spire because the code name for this was like Splay the Spire. <laughs> and because uh, you're splaying cards. Uh, but like when I, the Slay the Spire ex- Kickstarter was live, I was like, yeah, that seems cool to be able to like do this Slay the Spire co-op and all that. But also like this word game is really, really hitting that flow for me. And Kimmy like would help me with words on occasion. I would say like, oh, I need this to start or end with a G. Help me here. You know, and it's just good. Were you going to say something? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, it's one of those games I've only seen, like, you play. I haven't really played. I've, like, hopped in, like, a couple times. But I would team up with you and play that game if you invited me, you know. Well, <laughs> so when Tim and I did a full review of this game. And Tim just get, keeps getting brought up. I wouldn't be surprised if this was in his top. I, I bet that him and I, this and our number one, are would be, like, the same, maybe. Um, maybe. But we had talked about like, oh, it looks like the co-op was just kind of tacked on. But we went out to lunch with Sky and I was he was saying like, oh, we really I really appreciated that review. That was great. So nice. So many kind things. And I was like, oh, like the only negative thing we talked about was the co-op thing. And he was like, you should actually try it because like it's not bad. It's 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 a good it's good. Um, and you may find you actually really like it. it was, uh, we found that a lot of people liked playing it that way. So. We will we'll definitely try the co-op sometime. There's two different co-op modes, so hmm. we will. We will. Uh, all right, Phil. So my second one, um, this legit is new to me this year, even though the game itself is almost 28 years old. So, whoops, bit slow. <laughs> bit slow getting to that one. Um, it is Catan. I, like, my cousin got it, and we just we um, played it one evening, and I was like, how have I never played this before? Why Why have I never picked this up? It's, it's, I just really got into it, you know, collecting your sheep and all that. And, like, I remember seeing it um, when I was in secondary school. Like, uh, one of our classrooms just had a little shelf and it had some, like, really old, battered copies of games. And Catan was one of them. I remember picking it up and going, oh, no, I don't think I'd like that. And, you know, <laughs> didn't see it again for 20-odd years. Um, but I'm actually really gutted because if I'd got into it sooner, then, you know, I would have had much more Catan fun than the just, you know, handful of times that I've played it so far. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it's one of the ones, you know, sometimes where if something's really, really hyped, it can tend to put you off and sort of instantly turn you against it. And obviously I know Catan's really, really popular. And this is one of the ones where it lived up to its popularity in in my mind and yeah i'm sort of kicking myself a little bit as to why i didn't get into it sooner kimmy here uh throw her under the bus this is a hell nah game for her that she's never (laughs) played how can you hell nah a game you've never played (laughs) i there's just something about it where i'm just like i don't want to play that I think I think it goes along with what you were saying of like people saying like oh you need to play it you know need to play yeah. this and it's like no no I don't <laughs> but it's the it's not, that not gut reaction and you know three of us understand it being teachers you know we tell kids what to do all the time and their default reaction is to no I'm not going to do that <laughs> why should That's I true. <laughs> maybe I'll give it a chance but somebody said it was mean like you have to like. You can like steal resources or like keep resources from somebody. You just so like in the trade. 
in the yeah. base game, though, you, the only mean thing really is that you can choose to move the the robber, I think, onto someone's territory, and that means they don't get any resources from that if their number comes up. But uh, that, you know, okay. but even that is uh, almost like um, defensive, where you know you're probably yeah. not going to move it if it's not on your space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then okay, just maybe like, I'll nobody play it. likes to, no one wants to trade with me. So then I just never play it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I talk about this all the time, like being perceived as the great gamer, being perceived as like uh, the one who's going to win in anything that requires negotiation. People are going to skip you or refuse to trade or, you know, like you have to give them a very disproportionate trade in order to get anything. I believe the term is called the Will Wheaton effect. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Everybody would always game up, gang up on him on their on their show. That is very true. That's perfect. Yeah, the Will Wheaton effect. <laughs> Just to, to put myself in the greats there. <laughs> I have the Will Wheaton effect on people. <laughs> uh, okay, well, go ahead, Ryan. You're number one. So my absolute favorite new to me game this year um was a game that i never actually thought that i would actually enjoy because i'm not a fan like i'm not a fanboy of the ip originally um but this game is actually just fantastic even if you don't know what the ip is and that is the gi joe deck building game from oh. renegade games like i grew up more of a transformers guy and there's a transformers deck building game that i really do enjoy that i really really and but the G.I. Joe deck building game is just, I don't know, it, it, it brought everything that I thought the Transformers game should have been. There's missions that you have to go on. You're trying to stop Cobra. There, you, you're, you're just recruiting Joe after Joe into your hand and trying to play them. You just send them on these missions to try to foil their plans, but they're foiling you back. And it's a deck building game, like in the traditional sense, where you're just trying to recruit better, better cards, more tech, more equipment into your hands so that you can go be more successful on these missions than just sending out average Joes out onto these things. And my gosh, that the, the core box has two big story missions that you can play through, and they're so variable in the way they and there's a whole bunch of different heroes to play through. And then I've got both the expansions now I picked up this year and they just add more story missions and more players that you can play as and cool little modules that you can interact. You put into your games or not put into your games and stuff like that. So I never thought I would actually like this one. I thought I was going to love the Transformers game more. And I do love the Transformers game. Don't get me wrong. Big, big, big Transformers fan. But the G.I. Joe deck building game is the smash hit of that series for Renegade, in my opinion. Uh, I haven't played the Power Rangers one yet. I don't think I will because I'm not a big Power Ranger. Power Rangers was starting to get a little, I was starting to get a little old when the Power Rangers were getting in. And then there's a My Little Pony one, which I'm actually intrigued about, but I don't know if I'm actually going to get that soon or not. But G.I. Joe, man, that game's fantastic. I've watched your... Uh, Transformers stream, at least one of them. And yeah, I thought that looked really interesting. So I need to check out the G.I. Joe one, apparently. And I've heard so many people rave about the G.I. Joe one. And like, I think G.I. Joe was kind of going out as I mm. was growing up. Yeah. Like and my brother, I, like I think, I, had that. 
and when I say like just the way that you go out on missions and the way that the story progresses as like that is the most fascinating part about this about this game as opposed to like say the Transformers one or anything like that. So yeah, I just love it. Even though I'm not a huge fanboy of the IP, I'm pretty sure if you're a fan person of the IP, you will love it. Like you'll find all the little nuances, but like way more appreciative than I will. But I just love the game. That's awesome. That's really fascinating. Because like I have on my wish list of games to get, I have the Transformers one on my list and the Power Rangers one on my list, but I haven't even considered the G.I. Joe. So maybe, ooh. <laughs> I would definitely give this. I've played like like I said, Transformers one. Definitely pick that one up. That one's it's fantastic. It's really 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 good. This one I know just went to another level. This one just went to another level for me. It's like deck building plus. (laughs) (laughs) That yeah, that's a surprising number one to me. That was Mm -hmm. oh, and I have a lot of fun. I just actually just played one of the expansions just last night. It was a, it was just a really good time, and my wife can hear me in the next room. I'm like, yes, go back, just get it, and and like the success rate is all based on dice rolls too. Like I hate randomness, but it was like, okay, I have twelve dice, and I just need to get five successes. I think I should be able to do it with twelve dice. Oh, I no, I didn't get it, and oh, <laughs> exciting, yeah. Well, great, uh, Kimmy. Do you want to go with your number one? Okay, my number one new to me game is I think it's new this year, but correct me if I'm wrong, is Cascadia. Is that new mm, this year? 2021. Oh, sure. I was so close. Yeah. So close to a new game. Um, anyway, I absolutely love this game. I love the habitats. I love the different animal combinations. I like that there's like some strategy, but not too much. Like you can't really plan ahead. Um, too far because somebody will take your bear and then you can't get pairs of bears. (laughs) Yeah. No bear pairs. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I really, I like the artwork. I love the idea. It's one of those games that we've like taught like so many people because we just absolutely love this game. And more often than not, like one of the times, right? Your brother-in-law had, he bought it before we even finished playing. Yeah. He like went online. He's like, "Uh, I'm buying this. This is it. This this is definitely a win for me. We haven't even finished our first game. Yeah. Um, and I think, did our other friends buy it too? Um, they loved it. I know that. They but. loved it, but I'm not sure if they actually bought it. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyways, it, yeah. Cascadia is great. I I put that in honorable mentions. So Me too. It was in my honorable mentions. That one in Calico were in my honorable mm. mentions. Oh, Calico. That's a good one. Uh, well, my number one is, I almost read Ark Nova because I was looking at the wrong list. <laughs> uh, what a it's conundrum. Also a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> so it is, so my other number one, right? I've got two number ones here. Uh, Wonderland's War. Oh, this game. This game is so fun. I think that's the hard part between Paperback Adventures and Wonderland's War is one I can just play anytime by myself. I could bust it out. I could just play one lackey or a boss or something i could play it in 20 minutes but wonderland's war is a lot longer but it's that quacks of quidlinburg where you're like building a bag and drawing things out but at the same time you have ways to mitigate that luck like i don't i'll play quacks but i would much rather play wonderland's war 
Uh, and I know they're not the same, but it ha- does have that bag building, but the chips can do a, like a variety of different things, which I know Quacks does too. Uh, you're trying to do area control over in these uh, locations throughout Wonderlands. You've got asymmetric powers. Uh, you get to play as one of these Wonderlandian characters. I just think the game is so brilliant. I like, ah, uh, I, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, I like after my first play of it, I was like, yeah, I have to buy the deluxe edition. So I bought like the deluxe edition and now I have the standard edition that I'm like, I don't know, I'll either give it away or sell it or do a math trade with it. But I wanted those miniatures and I wanted the nice chips and the nice bags. What is this thing you keep saying? Maths trade. What is this? Uh, At like conventions and stuff, math trades are you bring your game and i'm gonna explain this so bad because i've never done it before but you you bring like oh yeah do you you've done them right i've done some math trades yeah you explain it thank you so essentially it's just a big computerized algorithm where it says hey i have these games for trade and other people will all go to the same thing and then you'll also have to input some sort of perceived value of those games and say and then everybody has to say these are the games that i want in trade for this one. And so not it's necessarily a one-for-one trade. I might trade something to Riley, but then Riley will trade something to Phil, and then Phil will actually end up giving something to me. And kind of like that, that's a, a very simplified three-person trade. Riley has the game that Phil wants. Phil has the game that Ryan wants, and Ryan has the game that Riley wants. And so there'll be like a big old swap or Rooney, except for on like a hundred person scale. And it's all worked this, out the, by a robot. It's all by a computer algorithm of this perceived value. Of. That's like dystopia. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you can be like Ryan. Things. You can be like Ryan on these things where like, I'll put things up for trade and want things. And then nobody wanted the games that I had for trade. So then therefore oh. I don't give away anything and I don't get anything oh, because no one strange. actually wanted the things that, but there's websites out there like BGG will have them and they'll be like, Hey, these are the things that I'm, putting up for trade and i can actually look at that i'm like ooh, actually i think i would want that um i'll put that in my want list and this is what i'm willing to give up for that particular game and see hopefully it mathly mathematically works out along the other way that's well cool yeah yeah i think it's fun like i imagine with wonderland's war i might be able to get like two or three games that i want smaller and that's the other thing you can do that and people will do sweetener deals too like they'll like okay i have this one but i'll also throw in a 20 dollar amazon gift card and like just to increase the Mm -hmm. value of my game so that i can get something else for it as well or yeah nice yeah so there you go wonderland's war is my number one and math trades uh Uh, Phil, go ahead. Close out our number ones. My number one. So, right, you know when you just have a feeling, you just get this really good feeling. You see a game, you're just like, I know that is the game for me. I know I'm going to love it. Don't care. I'm not going to read any reviews. I'm not going to look at any other information because I just know. I just know this is the game for me, right? So it's this game. It's got combat. It's got cards. It's got tokens. It's called Eight Masters Revenge. Oh, wait, no. Wait, no. That was That was trash. No, um, <laughs> I knew no. it was going to be some. Love it. That was such a good setup. Sorry, sorry. Um, all all of that intro though still applies. My number one game is Jurassic World: Legacy of Isla Nublar. It's Ooh. just, phew, I love legacy games. 
I love Jurassic Park and those two things have had a baby and it's this and it's amazing. And I just knew like, as soon as I saw it, it's going on Kickstarter. I was like, you know, I don't even need to back it because it's such a good idea. It, of course it will find its way to, to existence. Life finds a way as, as Jeff Goldblum says, right. And I, did a naughty and I skipped my my list as soon as I saw it I was like I don't care it's miles away on the list but I'm buying it now because I want it now I'm having it and it just it's everything that I hoped it would be and the theming is so strong and because I'm such a big fan of the franchise just in my head I'm like oh yes I wonder if we'll get this character I wonder if this dinosaur will be in it or if this event will shape the story and each time we open an envelope I'm like yes (laughs) I love dinosaurs I love Jurassic Park. I love Jeff Goldblum. I'm also a fan of Laura Dern. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so good. And we did, um, we've just done Mission 8 and it's an 11 mission campaign. So we're sort of getting towards the the final end. And it's ridiculously hard, but it doesn't matter because it's amazing. Well, there we go. I know what I'm spending my local game store gift card on that I got for Christmas <laughs> going out. I've had my eye on this one actually quite a bit. So it's, it's so good. It is so good. I am so super like this. Uh, Phil is, uh, you know, every year Tim says, I'm going to back less board games on crowdfunding. Tim literally has never backed a game on crowdfunding. And I thought for sure, like I was even pushing him a little bit like, dude, are you sure? Like, are you sure you don't want this Kickstarter edition? And it's like, no, it'll come to come to the store. I'm like, if nothing could push you into it, like if anything could push you into crowdfunding, it would be that. And so now I know you'll never back anything. No. Uh, but I'm glad you got it. And I'm glad I don't like crowds. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Yep. That's what it is. <laughs> Maybe if it was like solo funding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it is. Like they made it, and I paid them for it. I solo funded it. There you go. That's how. <laughs> Loner funding, uh, no, I don't <laughs> loser funding, <laughs> no friend funding. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, no great. Uh, yeah, I want to try that because I love. We love legacy games. Kimmy and I love playing our legacy games. Um, that one, she's never seen any Jurassic Park though, and so. I kind of want to watch some Jurassic Park movies with her and then who, get it. Who even is she? What is this? <laughs> I know. What did I marry? <laughs> <laughs> An awesome, amazing human being. That's who I married. Who is now allowed to go and spend time with her friends in the shop. <laughs> you might buy one item of your choice. <laughs> but all receipts must be given to Riley at the end. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, well, with that, let's do our honorable mentions. Just list them all. Uh, try not, maybe like if you do like a very quick summary of any that you might want to, or, you know, like keep them briefer than obviously the yeah. full games. Well, I'll just do rapid fires. Boom, boom, boom. Perfect. Yeah. So I already mentioned Cascadia and Calico, flat out games, all the rack entertainment group, those games, puzzly, fantastic. They're awesome for their own reasons. Um, I played on stream this year, uh, beyond the sun, which I didn't think that I was actually really going to enjoy as much as I really, really did. They, 
announced it as Tech Tree, the board game, and I didn't realize I enjoyed tech trees so much and advancing my civilization and stuff like that. So that was awesome. Another game that was made just for me, and I'm sure it'll go climb higher um, on my list, was Turing Machine, which was, oh my gosh, I'm going to do some, I'm going to do some streams of that very quickly, probably even next week. Um, as even that, that's actually fantastic. And then my last one here was Star Wars Clone Wars. The Star Wars Pandemic game Ooh. was actually a lot of a lot of fun keeping that core pandemic system intact, but just slapping on the droids um, and, and invading all of the different systems. And you have to go tackle on bosses like General Grievous or Ventress or Count Dooku or oh, it was just so, so good. I really enjoyed it. Great list. Uh, Kimmy? Okay. Um, my honorable mentions are Canvas, which is beautiful, but oddly stressful, but I still enjoyed it. That Calico um, Complex, I think. It's yeah. in that same vein. Yeah. And then Cat Lady, which I super enjoyed. Cartographers, Photosynthesis, which was another beautiful game. Shifting Stones, which we played like two days ago, but it's on my list. And Patchwork. Oh, I love Patchwork. We love Patchwork in this house. It's a fantastic game. It's, it's so, so great. good. And we played it four players. I don't want to. Anyway, we played it four player with my parents and we just did teams, right? Like couple versus mm-hmm. couple, which was fun. Uh, all right. Mine. Uh, where's my list? There we go. Okay. So I already did Cthulhu, Death May Die, Cascadia. Uh, Anachrony would probably mm. be number one if I got it played more, but I wanted to paint the miniatures first. Champions of Midgard ugh, on right, stream with right. you guys. So good. Uh, Star Wars Outer Rim is phenomenal. Age of Galaxy, so cool. Barrage, again, we played that on stream. That was so much fun. Uh, and then Oros, I got to pick up the other week, and that game is wow. so good. That game looks so interesting. I've seen so many people post pictures about it. And I just, I want to, I want, I want, I want to play it. It's I really was actually good. It's going, so good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Phil played it. Right. Yeah. Cause we've got to play. Uh, we sort of play tested it and it's changed. I think since we played it. No, no. I think you played a more final version than I did back then. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but I was going to suggest that maybe if we want to play it on Tabletopia instead of a BGA night for one of our board game months, we could do that. But we'll we'll visit that later. Uh, yeah. So, Phil, yours. Um, I have quite a few just because, you know, games, isn't it? Bermuda yeah. Triangle, really simple from the 70s. It's really good fun. Terror when that magnet grabs your boat. Um, unlock, you know, just one of these escape room sort of games. The Star Wars version is really good. I love how they integrate all the different features of the app like the audio and everything to solve the puzzles brilliant quarriers uh, i really enjoyed it kicks marvel dice masters ass uh, alien fate of nostromo was that this year i think maybe it was yeah can't remember but again another really good i'm a sucker for theme i'm a sucker for theme and i'm a sucker for a good ip uh, and love it even though that's difficult as well uh, and near and far loved it <laughs> Perfect. Those are great. All right. Cool. Good honorable mentions. Um, This next one, we came up with a couple of resolutions. Let's just do like all of your resolutions. I think that'll speed up the rest of them um, because we still have this in one more category before we close out. So sounds good. Uh, Resolutions. Kimmy, why don't you start us off? Okay. 
Um, any particular order or just go for Whatever. it? Whatever. Yeah, go for okay. it. Um, so one of them is to find more games with themes that I'm actually interested in. Because usually Riley just introduces a game to me. So I'd like to be more active in picking out the games we play, themes that I would enjoy. Wait, 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 wait. I'm going to stop you... You <laughs> never would have chosen Lords of Waterdeep. <laughs> I never would have. That's true. But it's not the theme that I like. It's mm. the game that I like. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> no, but I'm Guys, with you. I'm with you. What is what is this choosing a game? What, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a spreadsheet that commands you? <laughs> And my next goal or resolution is to convince Riley to play more fast-paced games and non-brain-burning games. Because <laughs> I, I enjoy playing games, but I want to sit down <laughs> and relax. I don't want to be like, oh, it's, I'm waiting for my turn for 20 minutes. You know? <laughs> Ouch. But I love you, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And then my last resolution is to continue to work on having a better attitude towards learning new games because I have a hard time learning new games and I have, I have a hard time being positive about it, but I'm going to try and work on it. Totally. Yeah. You do a great job a lot of times, but sometimes it's like you get very frustrated very quickly with the teach. Uh, And I think last year I had talked about, um, one of my resolutions was to get better at teaching games. And then I started to like kind of analyze that more and more. And I realized like, if I take 10, 15 minutes to explain a game, that's really not that bad because if you go and you watch like a watch it played video, if you watch any how to play video, you know, they're going to teach you a game over the course of 20, 30 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, depending on how long it is. And so for me, who isn't scripting this out, uh, you know, like to do it, in maybe two or three, five minutes more than it takes them to do. That's really not a bad teach. So anyway. You do really well. I'm impressed by your teach. No, thank you. Oh, I'm literally wearing, my wife got me this shirt. It says, <laughs> I read the rules, so you so don't you have don't to. So you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was, one of, that was probably my favorite Christmas gift. Um, Kimmy, you, you should get a matching one that says, he reads the rules, so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> Um, all right, so my resolutions are um, make a 10 by 10 that isn't game specific. I did a, ga- a 10 by 10 this year. I did not finish it. I think I got like 65% of the way through. Whatever. That's pretty decent. Uh, but I was talking to Ian Moss, uh, who's the desi- designer of Wonderland's War, and he showed me his 10 by 10, and he <laughs> was way further away than me. But he had done like... Uh, Games that my wife chose, or, you know, my significant other. I'm doing it for me. So, like, I could do things that are, like, Kimmy's choice. uh, Euro, like, plain, boring Euro theme. uh, (laughs) Some exciting space theme. You know, I could choose these different types of things. You know, like a 20-minute game, whatever. um, And make my 10 by 10 that way. Instead of having it be Mm -hmm. game-specific. I like that idea better. Can I can I interrupt you a moment, Riley? Yeah. When you said, "Oh, I got sixty percent through," Kimmy's teacher face was like, "Sixty percent is not that good." <laughs> that is not cutting it. <laughs> but when you think of it, like ten by ten, that's a hundred games, and 
that's 10 games of each. Yeah, a 10 by 10 ride is 10 game, 10 plays of 10 different games each. So, yeah. Anyway, it's fine. It's a D. It's all right. You, you did great, soldier. Well done. Little <laughs> sticker for you. Little smiley uh, face sticker. <laughs> fine. I get it. Uh, my number two is make it to a con outside of Utah. I would love to go and, you know, go to Dice Tower West or uh, whatever. PAX Unplugged. Something like that would be really fun. And then my last one is kind of a twofer because I want to paint more minis and play fully painted games uh, because I have like Marvel United. I've painted a lot of those miniatures, never played a full game. That's where everything is, is painted like mm-hmm. without fail. One or two of the miniatures that we choose aren't painted. And I'm like, Oh, why am I doing this? Like, <laughs> um, so I would love to do that. I think, like I got a Cowboy Bebop Space Serenade. It only had five miniatures. I'm going to put that. Uh, I, I'm, I only have two miniatures left to paint. And I think I'll be able to do that before the end of the year, which, uh, you know, technically doesn't count for next year's resolution, I guess. But like <laughs> Clank Legacy, I did the same thing. I painted it all before paint playing. Anachrony, I didn't get played because I wanted to paint all those little robot miniatures, mech miniatures. And uh, I have been kind of slow at that. So, yeah. There we go. There's my resolutions. Phil? I've come up with three new ones, but something you said, Riley, about going to a con. Um, I realize I need to carry over my one from last year because I still haven't been to the UK Games Expo. So I'm going to carry that one over. um, And hopefully this summer I will do that. But um, so my first one is to just sort of use online platforms more. And I think it links to what you were saying, Kimmy, about like sort of choosing different themes and sort of ones that you're interested in. I think it's really easy to sort of get stuck in a rut. Like I, I, you know, I literally was just banging on about how much I love Jurassic Park, but if I only choose Jurassic Park games, then my shelf is not going to be, you know, that varied. And I think there's that reticence if you're buying the physical copies all the time. It's like, well, I'd rather spend my money on a safe bet, whereas trying them online, like with our alphabet working through BGA, you can play some total duffers and it doesn't matter. And so I think using those platforms to play games that I wouldn't normally choose for my, that the spreadsheet wouldn't normally choose for myself, you know, and that I wouldn't normally play is a great way of sort of broadening my game collection, I suppose, because there are some like Abyss that I'm instantly like, yes, boom, I'm adding that on the list. And there are others naming no names, but it's a number and then it's a rank and then it's a a dish best served cold. Um, That, you're happy to say, I'm glad I tried it. I'm not even glad I tried it. Like that was a waste of a chunk of my life, but it's a learning experience. Now, if I see that, I can chuck it off the shelf and rip it up. So that's my first one. My second one, um, I've really fallen behind on my, my living card games. So I'm big into Arkham Horror, the card game and Marvel Champions but they release new packs with such frequency that if you take your eye off it for even just a couple of months, suddenly there's like 900 sets that you don't have. (laughs) Um, So I need to get, just get back on that and maybe do a month where I buy like a load and just sort of get, get back on that. Um, And my third one is I'm still in the process of trying to move house, trying to buy a place. Um, and so just getting my gaming space, when that finally happens, getting my gaming space set up, getting my shelves organized, getting all my my cool stuff just 
having a game space again that isn't all sort of cardboard boxes and empty spaces and stuff. So yeah, those are mine. Nice. That, right yeah, those are great. Uh, and then finish this off, Ryan. Okay. So I'm going to piggyback on to Riley. He said he was going to try to do like a 10 by 10 type thing. Um, I don't usually get that many games played that often. So I, I went go, I'm going with a 20 by five, get 20 games, five plays each still gets you the same number of plays, but more games. Cause I have a crap ton behind me. So I'm going to try to get more games played and trying to hit that above that five plays each. We were, we were actually doing really, really good with this at the very beginning of last year where we were like, Hey, we're interested in this game. Let's play it five times before we, you know, move on to the next one. So I'm going to really try to focus on that one this year is try to get a lot of games and really like not newer games, but games that are currently in my collection, try to get those like played more. So 20 games, five times each next one's uh, more of a channel specific goal is that I want to try to reach 400 subscribers this upcoming year. I'm currently as of today, I just, I just got one during our recording here. So I'm sitting at 242 subscribers. So I think that setting an ambitious goal of 400 subscribers, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I'm just going to just like, just keep doing what I'm doing and the flow will come in. The, the, the people come in. If you build it, they will come They the mantra, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. anyway, that's, that's my, that's my uh, ambitious goal. Try to get up to that 400. And then my last one here is that I took a look at my, some of my data as we are recording here, the past three years in a row, I've backed exactly 16 games each year <laughs> on crowdfunding. Weird. And so, so this year, the goal is going to be less than 16. <laughs> that's going to be the goal is less than 16 on crowdfunding in total. Like just that's came game found Kickstarter, whatever the other ones are out there. The more ambitious goal would be less than 12. Try to be like less than one per month. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll be the goal for me because I don't know. I just haven't been getting juiced up about Kickstarter. So then maybe this one might be actually easier than I think. Because I just haven't been getting juiced up about it as much as I have been in the past. You say so. that, but then all of a sudden, they I saw, oh man, now I can't even remember what it was. Stop. I was, Don't even say anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw some Kickstarter announcements and I was like, what? What? Like, they're going to be doing that on Kickstarter? They're going to be doing that on GameFound? Oh man, there's so many cool games. And I'm like, oh, I'm My, so screwed. My New Year's resolution is that I will not back the third Marvel United campaign. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh no! This is this is tragic. I say that, but then I start seeing the characters, and I'm like, oh no, they've got like Riri on there. They've got like stop. a heart. Yeah, Just like stop. <laughs> Uh, yeah part of me is like i just don't want to go all in if i can mm -hmm. do, do not all in i'll be proud of myself <laughs> kimmy's like giving a look like hmm i know an easy way to make it so you can't go all in <laughs> so you you can't back it <laughs> exactly um <laughs> well those are great i actually really like the 20 by 5 i might change my goal to be 20 by 5 and like look at the games that i have and and pick 20 or you can just do 100 by one <laughs> i know i saw somebody say they did that like and i was like wait i guess if you pick it early enough if you pick 
a hundred games that you have, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and you commit to that. Like I want to get these 100 games played then. Yeah. Oh, you see, I'm not, I'm not picking. I'm just going to let just, I'm just going to play 20 games five times. I'm not going to pre-pick. I'm not going to pre-pick the games. Well, I think that's ridiculous. That is harder. (laughs) Last year I did pick them at before the end or before the year started. And then I changed like two or three of them because I was like, I, this new game came out and I'm not going to play this anymore. Like this game kind of replaces that. Anyway, uh, well, let's go. Last thing, a game or two, some games that you're looking forward to next year. So my f- first two, I did three, I guess, whatever. A couple games you're looking forward to. I, I, I This is my podcast. I get to cheat. Um, yep. So Cthulhu Death May Die. I have only played the first scenario. I already have it. I know I'm going to play it. I'm, we have, there's the, you know, next set season three and four uh i'm looking forward to getting all that but even still just playing the regular scenarios and there's so much to explore with that game i want to get that played a lot sticking with cthulhu arkham horror the card game that was in my 10 by 10 only got one game played and that's because it was on stream with you when we played carnival of fours and that was eight months ago or nine eight or nine months ago something like that um and yeah like i absolutely love arkham horror the card game i have quite a few stuff i got the scarlet keys campaign i've got a couple solo scenarios kimmy got me some solo scenarios for uh for christmas and so like i have plenty of content to play i just need to like play it by myself uh yep. which is weird to me I, i've literally only played the game with you ryan yeah <laughs> uh and then my last one is a game that i am looking forward to that is i think I don't think that it's out. Um, I'm fairly certain it's still in pre-order is Starship Captains from CGE. Mm. Uh, I think the game looks really, really fun, clever and thematically right. It's that whole like kind of Star Trek vibe um, that I think it hits that spot for me. That sweet spot where I'm like, yes, I want this. Yeah, you shouldn't have to wait too long because I've seen it start popping up in some online retailers just like within like the last week. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. And I got thrown off because I interviewed Ray from CGE and she had it on her shelf. And I was like, it's out. It's out. You know, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, she probably has it because she She works works for for them. them. Yeah, (laughs) whatever. It's fine. (laughs) I yeah, that's a game that I really am excited to get and play. So there we go. There's my games I'm looking forward to. Phil. Um, so the the one th- sort of main thing that I'm looking for, because I am rubbish at keeping up with like what's coming out and new stuff. Obviously, I got a couple of games for Christmas. I'm looking forward to trying those out. But um, Witchbound, Witchbound it is launching on GameFound um, in January. But obviously, Riley, you and I have both had Thatcher on our shows, um, giving it a plug. And I was lucky enough to play the tutorial mode. It is just it's really good i cannot rave about it enough and spoiler alert but i am writing the first bit of uh, expansion content for it so side quests galore um i yeah, think i it's... know what it is based on but yes <laughs> based on your interview with him i'm sure that that's what it is anyway yeah yes um that's so yeah definitely fun go check that out because it is well worth a look. Yeah. I, uh, excuse me. I'm going to, I, him and I were going to set up a time for that. I could play through like the little tutorial type thing. Uh, but 
it's the holidays. So that ended up kind of getting away from us. But after the holidays, I want to set up a time to play it because it does like uh, that game sounds really cool, really clever. Um, yeah. Did you have any other ones you want you had? Or no. Just that one. Okay. Just that one. Cool. Oh, yeah. There's this game called Eight Masters Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for it. Waiting for it. Uh, we'll go ahead, Ryan. Okay. I've only got one, but though I kind of thought of a second one. Like the my second one is like a Marvel Zombies is going to probably do its second wave at some point in time this year, which I can't wait for it to come into my local game store because I just want to play with the gigantic Galactus miniature, that two foot tall thing. I can't wait, can't wait. But the one game that's going to take, that's going to make it really, really hard for me to hit my 20 by five is that Frosthaven is coming this year, like very, very shortly. And if I get addicted to that, like I did with Gloomhaven, uh, I might be the only game I play for like an entire year. So <laughs> that's that going to be, it's going to be a big hit. I, I like all the things that they're adding into it. And like, oh, yeah, I, I Frosthaven, it's going to be Frosthaven. He, this Frosthaven that you're just going to see me play Frosthaven on stream for like an entire year. <laughs> <laughs> You'll turn it into a Frosthaven channel. <laughs> That's exciting, which wouldn't, be, which wouldn't be terrible. No. I, you'd have, I bet you'd have people like join in weekly, see how the adventure's going, right? I, yeah, I think that could pull in some numbers. <laughs> um, yeah, I I forgot about Marvel Zombies. Kind of, I I almost wrote that, but I was like, I don't know if it's coming next year necessarily, or but I also will have. I did the two wave shipping, so yeah. the 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 first The first wave stuff is coming like currently right now. I think yeah. it's in the middle of fulfillment. The first wave, so like it means Canadians the second wave are will getting prob- it. Americans aren't. Well, that's weird. I that's know. Just very weird. Normally, Canadians get stuff like a month after America. Yeah. After U.S. So, I, if first wave is coming right now, I'm going to put second wave probably about quarter three. Yeah. Of the year, probably. I'm betting like October, November. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Well, great. Uh, Kimmy, go ahead. Okay. Some games I'm looking forward to um, have to do with viticulture. Um, I want to learn viticulture world. And you guys brought up Tuscany expansion, right? I'm, I want to look into that some more. And then the other one is the Fox experiment um, by Elizabeth Hardgrave. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like Wingspan and I like the idea of the Fox experiment and I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think that I'm sure that'll come this year. Um, And I've heard that it's really good and I think it'll be your jam because it's shorter. Like it's supposed to play in like under an hour at four players, I think. Hmm. So, cause I think some of it's simultaneous play maybe. Oh, I don't know. I backed it and you'd think I would know more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would have put Viticulture World on mine too, because, you know, obviously I want to get that played with you and co-op is more so our, our speed around here. All right. Well, that concludes all of that. Thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, we're going to, after this, after uh, we close out here, I'll play some clips from friends of the show and they're going to share a, uh, who they are. They're a fond memory related to board gaming. I think most of them sent that. I might have been uh, not specific on that. It might just be a fun memory from the year. Who knows? We'll get surprised there. And then uh, f- a favorite new to them game this year. 
So stick around until the very end for that. Uh, everybody plug their stuff. We'll start with Phil. Um, yeah, so you can listen to my podcast, Organized Fun, with an S, because I'm British. Uh, it comes out every Thursday. Sometimes we play a game and talk about it. Sometimes it's an episode of our sort of live play RPG. We're doing uh, Kids on Brooms at the moment. Sometimes it's a mini-sode. Sometimes it's a diss track. You never know what you're going to get. But um, always brutal, brutal honesty. I think that it's one of the most unique uh, shows in that they insert clips of their play into it. So they'll be talking about like, oh, I liked how this made us, you know, diss each other, whatever. And then it'll cut in uh, clips <laughs> of their play where they did something relevant to whatever they just said. I think it's great. It's like a little flashback almost. You'd be surprised though, for some games, either games that are really quick or games that are quite dull, like just trying to find any clips to edit in is really, really hard. <laughs> there was one a couple, like a month or two ago, and I can't remember what it was. And I don't want to rat it out, but he, I don't think there was a single clip in it. And I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> or maybe there, no. it took like, maybe it was like the very end, there was finally like a clip or two. I think there was a reason for that. Either, I can't remember, but I think there was a legit reason for that. But there was more clips inserted in for the fake game that we made up completely than for some of the real ones. I will just say that. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, no. Yeah, you do a fake game of the, each year. Yeah. Uh, you started doing that. And I don't know which one it is. Oh, no. Or if it's it even been done. It yet. might have happened this year. It might not have happened yet. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. That's gold. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, uh, Ryan, uh, Mr. Al Gaming, and I am on YouTube, and uh, my channel has shifted into that I do live play games every Tuesday and Thursday evenings now, and sometimes I have guests, and sometimes it's me solo, so you never know exactly what you're going to get, unless if you follow me on Twitter, which I sometimes post uh, what I'm going to be playing the upcoming week, so you can follow me over on there. And yeah, come in, join in on the live. The, the, the chats are starting to become a little bit more lively. And we just did a end of year stream last week where we had we played a party game, just one on Board Game Arena, and it was hilarious fun. There were a lot of really, really good ones that happened on that one. So go check that one out. And I look forward to seeing what I can come up with this upcoming year, every Tuesday and Thursday night. Yes can't plug that enough i absolutely love coming on i love being able to watch most of the time i watch after the fact unfortunately mm -hmm. it's hard to get live sometimes but yeah it, it's always really fun to be able to hang out or watch you play some games i think you yeah i always make the it. videos available um afterwards after the fact which is where like a mo majority of my views um come from because right now my lord of the rings exit game is my top trending video oh. and i don't know why people want to watch me play i fumbled through that game for like three hours and like like just the, the puzzles just like stumped me i'm just standing there i'm like um um and it was like my very first live stream too so like there was nobody in the chat so it was just oh me talking goodness. to myself for like three hours <laughs> <laughs> that's that's spectacular <laughs> um all right kimmy uh, I don't have a podcast, but you can follow me on Twitter at Faye Kimberly. 
Um, Kimberly spelled K-Y-M-B-E-R-L-E-E. And yeah, I don't post a lot, but you can follow me. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. And then, of course, I'm Riley. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at RileyNerd. Every Friday, these episodes come out uh, interviewing different people. I think next week I'll have Norm from Cardboard Conjecture. Uh, The week after that, I think I'll have Connor Alexander, who is like kind of the CEO guy of, of, oh, what's the company called? But Coyote and Crow. Uh, Maybe the company Mm. is called Coyote and Crow. So like Native American, really excited to have like my first Native American. I've tried to get a couple or one other Native American on here and it didn't work out uh, just because of internet and they were in like a very uh, hard area to like, work around so it just never happened but yeah there's a there's some teases of what's coming up i'm gonna have so many fun things happening this year and thank you everybody who's joined us this year uh tweet at us and let us know what your resolutions are or what games where your highlights all that jazz uh yeah i think that's it uh you know listen to friend and foe adventure co it's an immaturely mature podcast uh, Proto Spiel Online is coming up uh, in like a week or two from when this airs. I'm pretty sure, uh, and that's you can go online and play test games with folks. And I will be there talking about. Com- I'll have like a room where you can come hang out and talk about building a community around content or product or you as a person. And that is it. Until next time, keep nerding out. Bye. Bye. Later, guys and gals and everybody. Goodbye. Hey, this is David from the All Games New and Old YouTube channel. And I'm here because Riley asked me to tell you a couple things that happened to me this year. So uh, one, one memory I had this year that I really like was that I played the game Guritama, which is a really light uh, trick-taking game with my oldest daughter. And uh, she doesn't play a ton of games with me usually, but this one... We played and we both really liked. If you don't know Gudutama, it's this lazy egg character from the Hello Kitty universe. And uh, so there's lots of pictures of this weird egg just lying around doing things with gingerbread houses and stuff and showing off his weird little egg butt. Anyway, it's pretty funny. It was kind of a hit for us. Also, uh, a game that I played this year that I really liked is one that I just played recently called Argent the Consortium. And this is from Level 99 Games. And it is a worker placement game that's pretty heavy. It's kind of like almost Harry Potter-ish themed where you're trying to become the principal of a magic school. But, you know, for a a worker placement game, this has really high player interaction. You can uh, pick from different mages you use as your workers and send them off to basically attack the other players' workers that are in spots that you want to take. There's also spells you can cast at them and all kinds of crazy things like that. It's also pretty heavy for a worker placement game. It's one of the heavier ones I own, so I was kind of surprised about that. But it's got a really cool anime art style, which I like a lot. And gosh, I've only played it once, and I just want to play it more. But anyway, those were a couple highlights for my year. Again, I'm David from the All Games New and Old YouTube channel, so you can look me up there, or you could follow me on Twitter at All Games New and Old. Hope to see you around the table soon. Hi, I'm Chris Anderson, host of the Board Game Workshop podcast and the president of Ventic Games. A favorite new game I played this year was Abandon All Artichokes, designed by Emma Larkins, with art by Bonnie Pang, and published by GameRight. It's a light deck builder where you use the abilities of your new vegetables to try and abandon your starting deck of artichokes. 
It's easy to teach and has interesting choices and interactions, along with the tension of knowing an opponent may be able to win on their next turn. A fond memory from this year was when my wife set up a game day for my birthday. It was mostly filled with a seven-hour game of scythe, but it was still a fun time. Riley, thanks for making such a fun show and for letting me be part of it. Hopefully 2023 brings many more episodes and guests to this community you've created. Happy New Year. Hey there, I'm Zoe, and I'm just your run-of-the-mill aromantic trans mom game designer. Um, a favorite new-to-me game this year was Shamans. Uh, that game is such a fascinating like social deduction, like sort of team trick-taking game. It doesn't force you to follow suit like most trick-taking games, but you have like a cooperative goal. So that is facilitated by you following standard trick-taking game rules. But there's the trader among you, and that trader wants to accelerate that end state. And so they're like trying to play offsuit, but not give themselves away so the others can like off them. And but at the same time, you play the game in rounds. So like you might not want to win on a team with somebody who's like one point away from winning. You might want to sabotage your team. There's so many interesting, like intricate, like interactions in that game. And it's, oh, it was really fascinating. That game really blew my mind. And a memory from this year is that this counts, even though it was like last week, uh, for Solstice Celebration, I gave my kid my old 3DS that I used to have because she had been asking to play like these old Kirby games. And she just went nuts for it. She was like, oh my god, it's 3D. It's like real life. And and there was like four brand new Kirby games and she's she just loves Kirby to death. And so she just thought it was the bee's knees and she was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. She like she stopped opening presents that like she had a whole bunch more presents, but she stopped there. <laughs> and, um, and the rest of the night was just her thanking me so much. Thank you so much. It was so cute. I love her so much. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a rough year, but it was still filled with lots of good moments. Folio Games here. Daily videos on YouTube, a lot of TCZ, bunch of convention, and some board game content. My favorite game of the year was Dune Imperium. Though it came out in 2020, smack dab in the middle of the pandemic, I tried to, but couldn't get it played until 2022. After years of failing to play Rex and the original Dune, Imperium was well worth the wait. Though I've only played it once, the excellent worker placement mixed with innovative deck building with the cube war and all kinds of tracks left an indelible impression i always love games where i can get one more worker than everybody else can't wait to play the expansion but possibly even better than doing imperium is so clover where you try to associate two words on a four-sided clover between five four-worded tiles horrible explanation but excellent game these two parallel my all my two all-time favorite games, Champions of Midgard and Codenames, a medium worker placement and a light party word game. Weird. Fond memory of the year, my guy just got a, just made a new garage game room, then ended up getting a divorce in 2021. In 2022, I go to his house for a new, for a, go to his new house for a Halloween 2022 party. And what do I see? A new wife, a big new house, s'mores on the open fire, and Ark Nova till late in the morning. Talk about bouncing back fast. Though I do miss the old wife. She's still around. She's doing good. But anyway, 
Smell you in 2023 on the board game community show. Oh, oh, oh. This is John Wood. Uh, I'm a game designer. I had an episode, episode six on the board game community show. Um, I my favorite game I played this year was probably Hamburg, a reprint of an old Steffenfeld game. I really like the dice rolling mechanism that uh, determines how much cards are worth. I love picking the cards, I love the unique powers. Uh, just very, very good. And a favorite memory for me for this year was definitely going to Gamma. I met some very um, awesome people at the organization this year and I uh, reconnected with old people like uh, publishers that I'm working with and stuff like that. And I just had a great time and I can't wait to go back next year. This is Arwen from the Cardboard Time podcast. Hope you had a great year and looking forward to the brand new year coming up. I'm actually going to cheat a little bit. I know that you said just one board game, um, but my memory of what board game I wanted to talk about was uh, the Twilight Imperium 4 game that I wound up getting uh, done this year. It was a fantastic day with a lot of great friends and uh, really a, a spectacular time. One of the the great examples of why we do this, we get together with friends and hang out and have a great time. And that was like the perfect example of a, of a game that did that. But the game that I really... I uh, was kind of surprised about um, was Creature Comforts this year. Um, I knew that I was going to like it going into uh, the year. I backed it on Kickstarter, but I didn't expect to like it that much and and really have those cool decisions uh, going into it and, and that uh, like meaty gameplay that could be scaled uh, for players of all skill levels and uh, ages. And that one really stuck out to me this year. Really looking forward to Maple Valley too, uh, especially after meeting Roberta and having her on my podcast. Uh, it was an absolute uh, pleasure to be able to play Maple Valley with her as well. So looking forward to the new year and hope you are all doing fantastic. Hey, Riley. Thanks for putting this together. This is Adam from the Board Game Hot Takes podcast, where we sometimes talk about the game we played just minutes after playing it. A favorite new-to-me game this year. There's a couple that are standing out at the moment. One is Wonderland's War, and that might be because I just played it yesterday with Sarah, my partner. We had a blast. But I have to go with Barrage. It's a game by Tommaso Batista, Simone Luciani, and published by Cranio Creations. My fellow co-hosts and I were wanting to play this one, and we did early in the year, and now it is absolutely one of my favorite games. What you're doing in this game, it's played over the course of five rounds. I think it's five rounds. You're trying to control the flow of water and pump it through to your powerhouses to make energy, which fulfills contracts, which gives you a bunch of bonuses sounds so boring but it feels so good when you get these precious drops of water and sometimes you've built the infrastructure to hold two or maybe three drops sometimes four drops of water it doesn't get any more exciting than that than processing four fake plastic drops of water through your powerhouses making 15 16 17 units of energy 
I guess you can make up to 20 if you want to do the math on it. 22? Oh, but things could get crazy. Things could get crazy in Barrage. You fulfill these contracts, make all kinds of energy, getting all these, you're getting these wrenches, you're getting these wreaths, you're getting brown things, you're getting gray things. It's epic, Riley. And I know you play this, and I saw that you won and you beat Tim, so well done to you. So yeah, my favorite new-to-me game this year has to be Barrage. A fond memory from the year? Well, again, my co-hosts and I were involved in this one. We got together in my hometown of Long Beach, California, Tim's former hometown, Chris's former hometown. And uh, the whole weekend was great, but a few plays of shamans stand out very much. We played this once at a pizza joint. This is a game where it's it's like a pseudo trick taker and you have these hidden roles. Either you're the shadow or a shaman. In this case, I was a shadow. So trying to be a little secretive. I want an eclipse to occur, whereas my uh, my enemies don't want this eclipse to occur. I've been struggling at this game. I have, I'm not very good at it. So I was like, you know what, guys? I'm not even going to look at my card. And of course, I looked at my card before anybody had seen me. Like I was a shadow. So they were freaking out. Adam, how can you play? How can you even know what you're doing without looking at your card? I was like, I don't know. I don't care. I'm always, I'm going to lose anyway. So I just kept playing, kept playing. And they're like, what is he doing? He's crazy. At the end of the game, I took it the whole way down. I was, of course, the shadow. And they're like, Steve figured it out. I think he said, you looked at your card. I said, of course, I looked at my card. And everybody laughed and had a great, it was a fun, the game is fun anyway. That just added a little extra, I don't know, a little gimmick. It was a little gimmicky, whatever. We had fun playing that. And then again, we played it later at a little restaurant um, down there on 2nd Street in Long Beach. Chris's friend came in. He had never played before. We introduced it to him. We were trying to stab each other back and I kept stabbing the wrong guy. Eventually, Chris's friend was in the position to win and he put us away. He took it home and showed us uh, wily veterans how to actually play shamans. And then he later took a picture when he ordered the game and it arrived at his house. So I think that was a good moment for him as well. But great food, great game, and a lovely waitstaff that was playing shamans during Long Con was a fond memory of the year for me. Anyway, thanks for getting me on the show again, Riley. Happy New Year to you, and Happy New Year to all your listeners. Hi, this is Greg Poole from Howley Boy Games and Spielmus. Favorite new game played this year? That would have been Verdant, which was so worth the wait on Kickstarter. And fondest memory? That would have been last April at Protospiel Online, where I got to play test one of my games for the very first time. It was scary, but it was a supportive thrill. Thanks for all you do, Riley. Happy New Year and happy Spielmas. Hey, Riley. This is Sky Larson. I'm a writer, game designer, and game developer. I'm a freelancer who does a lot of work with Fowers Games, and my first published design, Paperback Adventures, came out this year. My favorite game this year was Ark Nova. My wife and I already loved the engine-building gameplay of Terraforming Mars, and Ark Nova added some new kind of fun riffs on that style of gameplay, and with a theme I really, really enjoy. Uh, my favorite memory of this year... Well, hanging out with Riley and uh, his wife was definitely an honorable mention, (laughs) but uh, I'd have to say the best moment this year was my brother's wedding. Um, Ever since he met his husband, he's just been so clearly happy and uh, celebrating them at an awesome venue. They got married at the local aquarium. Uh, was definitely a highlight for me this year. 
Hi, I'm Laurie Blake. And I'm Ree Saunders. And we are from SDR Games. Um, and I think a favourite game that I played for the first time this year was Inhuman Conditions, a kind of role-playing interview game about trying to convince the interviewer that you are definitely not a robot. And you might well be a robot, or you might be a normal human, but either way, it kind of uses time in this excellent way to kind of ratchet up the tension. And um, there's just so many different variations of the things that you can play and the interviews that you can do. I, I really love it. It's been great. It has got great replayability. Um, for me, my favourite game of the year that is new to me has been Zuli by uh, Chris Prescott from Unfringed Things. Um, you basically have three years to, it's a pick and pass game, um, to, to build up your zoo and house all these awesome animals in their enclosures. And one of my favourite things about it is that I absolutely thrash Laurie every time we play. It is very unpleasant, but fun anyway. So there we go. Yeah. It's also just adorable. It's very cute. Um, and I'm excited to try out the expansion. Um, as far as fond memories go, I think mine uh, for this year has been I got to go to my first game convention. I went to UK Games Expo, ran a stall with Rob, our illustrator, and just had an amazing time. It was yeah, I mean, the buzz, the convention buzz that I heard everyone talk about is is real. So I loved it. Awesome. And uh, I think a fun memory for this year was finally getting the second Earthrising PPC um, and finally getting to see the game in what will be its final form. It's really, really exciting after all of the delays and difficulties we had to actually get that and be able to see what it's really going to be like. It's going to be excellent. So can't wait to get that out there. Thanks for inviting us, Riley. My name is Matt Hother from London, UK. My favourite game this year has to be Swatch by Minerva Tabletop Gaming. Not only is this a great game, but it really reminds me of the game design community that I found in London, which is organised and hosted by Scott, the designer of Swatch. Hi, Riley. This is PG Law. I'm the other half of Reality Escape Pod, which I co-host along with David Spira. We are a podcast exploring escape rooms and immersive gaming. But of course, we also love board games. And so I'm going to be a little gluttonous. I'm going to share two of my new favorite games this year. And it probably comes as no surprise that both games are actually collaborative games. So since I really got into escape rooms, that's kind of been my favorite type. So the first one is Letter Jam. It's basically Wordle, but in a party game. And so what's cool about it is that you're kind of working together collaboratively. You each have a secret letter and you are all helping each other figure out what your letter is by spelling out different words. The second one is called The Game. And it's also collaborative. And basically you're trying to use up all of the cards. There are cards numbered from one to a hundred and you're just putting cards down. Two piles are going from 100 to 1, and the other ones are going from 1 to 100. And it's just, it's fast playing, and it's super addictive. So if you like collaborative games, I highly recommend that you check both of those out. And then you also asked us to share a favorite memory. And so my favorite memory this year is from Recon. That's the Reality Escape Convention, which we hosted in August in Boston. I can't even begin to describe how magical and electric this event was. To be gathered under one roof 
with a group of other amazing, interesting, creative people who are all excited to talk about the same thing that you love and you all love together. It was just the best time. Anyway, thanks for doing this, and I hope you all have a happy new year. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Maurice Andrews Jr., and I just want to give a quick shout out to Riley. I appreciate him for having me on the podcast earlier this year, and I guess I did well enough to be able to return. (laughs) So, um, you know, a little bit about myself, man. I'm just a regular dude on on YouTube and Twitter just talking about board games and I I guess Marvel Champions as well, since that's what a lot of people know me for. But um, so if you just want to stop by the channel, you can just type in my name, Maurice Andrews Jr. Or if you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can hit me up at M underscore Andrews Jr. And I'll be more than happy to uh, chop it up with you about Marvel Champions or um, anything board game related or just life or boxing. I'm I'm down for all of it. <laughs> but uh, I'll go ahead and hop into the two questions that Riley sent over to me to answer. And he was curious on a favorite new to you game you played this year and also a fun memory from the year. And I'll use the same game on this one. Um, For me, Sleeping Gods, man, it's probably my game of the year uh, that I've played so far. Um, And I, I think it's such a fun memory for me because it was a, you know, it, it was during a time where I started my YouTube channel and was, you know, trying to get my um, my love and muster and, and fervor for the for board gaming again. And I think this one came in right at that time where I was kind of struggling with that. And um, a friend of mine, you know, we would just go and play the game uh, over the course of three weekends. You know, the the if you play Sleeping Gods and you know that it. It it takes a it takes a while to beat the beat a campaign, but we played it over the course of uh, three weekends at four to five hour sessions, and uh, I just think the the writing for this is amazing. The um, the journey for it was phenomenal, and for those of you who played the game and are curious, I got ending ten with my friend, and it was a just a pleasant experience. So um, yeah, I think this might be the game of the year for me that I've played. Um, that's new to me. And it also hold my fondest memory. But um, if you get around to listening to this, um, I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. And I pray that 2023 will be a blessing for you. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Hey, everybody. This is Aaron from the Boards Alive podcast. Thanks so much to Riley for letting me jump in here with a little look back on the year. For me, my fondest memory of the year isn't one specific incident, but a kind of a conglomeration of, of times with my friends because it was just really nice this year to get back to a regular almost weekly gaming night with my friends. And so just being able to to hang out and play a variety of games and see them consistently and and you know just connect with other people in person uh that was uh that was my big thing for this year it was it was fantastic being able to do that again after you know a couple years of not uh and then i guess my favorite game of the year 
would come as no surprise to my listeners, but it is Great Western Trail Argentina. I always loved the original Great Great Western Trail. It was one of my favorite games of all time. The expansion really added some fantastic stuff to that original game. So I was super excited and nervous about the Argentina one coming out this year. And uh, no, it's fantastic. It is of a similar weight and complexity to that one that is the the original plus the expansion. It adds some cool new resources that you have to kind of deal with. It adds uh, a new type of cow, all sorts of stuff. So it is uh, a ton of fun, and it would be my favorite new-to-me game of 2022. Thanks so much. Hey, everybody. This is uh, Chris Barrows from the Tabletop Express. And this is Ryan Espin, also from the Tabletop Express. Uh, and appreciate the chance to be, you know, part of the podcast for this special end of year podcast that you're doing, Riley. Uh, you know, I got to say, uh, Ryan, for me, my favorite memory of this year, my favorite kind of moment, it, it comes down to PAX Unplugged. Mm-hmm. And then, and I'll be specific for this because PAX Unplugged, I can speak so generally too. It was just such a great experience. And I think people know that, but it comes down to, to me playing a game uh, with the master uh, when it comes to teaching a game and, and, and a game of Kubelibri, you know, I, I think, I, I think playing Kubelibri with Rodney Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, to play a game with Rodney Smith was so fantastic, especially when you, you meet someone in the industry who stands up to what you thought they would be, you know, yeah. really is that person and really an, a great game. It was my first coin game, you know, so I'd never played one of those. They are a beast. Oh yeah. And, and I was hooked. I want to play Kubel Libre again now. So that's that's got to be my kind of favorite moment of this year. Well, I'm going to chime right in and say, first of all, you can always play with me because I own it. And then secondly, um, Riley, I I had a great time being on the board game community show with you this year. Uh, I'm truly honored that I had the opportunity to appear on the show and talk about board games with you, about, uh, you know, Ghost Bustin'. But most importantly... As Chris was talking about with PAX Unplugged, it was great meeting people, um, but it was just great in general talking with you on the podcast and just getting to know you. You know, I felt like uh, we have a a large online friendly board game group, and I'm happy to be a part of the one that has you in it. So thank you, Riley. Yeah, well, you just I just had to ham it up. Yeah, you hammed it up. Uh, <laughs> I know the other thing that we got we got to give Riley is one of our favorite games that we played for the first time this year. Yeah. And I was going to say a game that was much, much bigger, much bigger table presence. But I, I go right back to PAX Unplugged. And the first time this year I played a game that I know was a big hit, I think 2017 when it came out, Cockroach Poker. And holy was it really cow, 2017. I, it I might have like been, been older. 2018. It, maybe it's older, but it was a 2004. Big 2004. I know, but people are talking about this game. I don't know. I, I I feel like I was talking to people at PAX Unplugged, and they were saying Cockroach Poker was like just an incredibly popular game, in particular at PAX Unplugged, towards the end of the 2010s. And uh, but it was my first time playing Cockroach Poker, man, and. What an experience. Such a simple bluffing game, but oh man, that, that's got to be one of, one of the best first time I got to play experiences uh, ever. Just it's, so much fun. It's so a classic. Fun. It's my favorite uh, game where there's only one loser, and I'm glad one of those games, it was you. 
So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, my favorite new to me game was a game I've been dying to play, and that was Barrage. It went on Board Game Arena. I loved it. And this past year, I actually got to play with a friend who I've been playing online food chain magnate with and 18xx games since 2017. We never met in person. We finally met in person and we played Barrage. And Barrage is incredible. I love Barrage. Everyone should go play Barrage. It's a great Euro. If you like a high interaction Euro games, this is, this is pretty great. It's pretty great. Well, I will say this uh, again to Riley. Thank you again for having us on and be a part of this. Looking to all the great things coming uh, to you and for your podcast in the next year. And I'm excited to hopefully get a chance to see you in person in 2023. Uh, so thanks for letting us be part of your show today. Bye, Riley. Thank you. Hi, everyone. This is Chris from the Board Game Hot Takes podcast. First of all, let me just say what a great year it has been for gaming, at least for me. 2022 was the first time since 2020 that it almost felt like we were living in a post-COVID world, getting together with friends, playing games. It was like a dream come true. It's also been my first full year in Portland, Oregon, and I've just been blown away by the local community of gamers. I found a couple of groups to play with on top of my normal podcast game night, and I couldn't have been more fortunate. It was also a great year for new-to-me games. I discovered a bunch of awesome titles that have now made it into my heavy rotation. And if I had to pick one special game crush, it would have to be Barrage by Tommaso Battista, Simone Luciani, and published by Cranio Creations. I and my co-hosts on Board Game Hot Takes have become, honestly, a little bit obsessed with this game. It's got great resource management mechanisms for Tim, deep player interaction for Adam, and an engaging theme for me. What's not to love? I think that this is one I'm going to be coming back to for a long time. And best of all, it's in part of discovering a group of new designers that I really appreciate and digging into a bunch of their great games like Sulkin and Gollum and many others. So my gaming highlight? Well, that's a tough one since there were so many great memories in 2022. Anyone who listens to Board Game Hot Takes knows that we often do a poll and I love the cheat on them. And I'm going to do the same here by mentioning two great moments. The first was a lovely Saturday afternoon in the early fall when my son and I were in the game room playing Return to Dark Tower. We defeated the final boss, gave each other a round of high fives and pats on the back, and then my son said to me, Dad, I'm so glad we're into games. Oh, it just warms my heart thinking about it. And the other was getting to meet you for the first time, Riley. And I'm not just being cheesy and saying that because this is your show, but my wife, son, and I had a terrific afternoon with you and your wife playing Canvas and honestly getting our butts kicked. But getting to sit down with our two families to play a game together was just the perfect example of the amazing community that I've embraced and been embraced by in gaming. And that's the best thing ever. Thank you for that. Well, that's 2022 in a nutshell. Here's to an amazing 2023. Hello, this is David Spira, co-host of the Reality Escape Pod, where we talk about escape rooms and immersive gaming, interviewing brilliant creators from all over the world. My favorite game of this year has to be The Light in the Mist by Post Curious. Being the puzzle guy, I figure I'll make a puzzle recommendation. And The Light in the Mist is a brilliant beautiful and approachable puzzle game. It's a custom tarot deck with unique and beautiful art, 
The puzzles are deep enough that they're interesting, but not so deep that they should scare you off if you are a little bit of a newbie on the puzzle game side of things. It's also great because it has a beautiful story, and at the end, you also have a gorgeous tarot deck. And I'm not really a tarot person. This will probably be the only tarot deck that I ever own, but it's kind of cool to have it. And a favorite memory of the year. There's so many, but I will have to go with assembling a panel of some of my favorite tabletop creators at PAX Unplugged. It was so cool to moderate a discussion with so many brilliant minds and getting to see people I haven't seen in years and have really deep conversations and field questions from the audience. It was such a fun room to be in. And I'll cheat by saying... I think I'm also about to make a wonderful gaming memory. My legacy gaming friends are just about to walk in the door here and we are going to sit down for Clank Legacy. So I hope a year from now that this is a wonderful memory. Thanks, Riley. Happy New Year. Hey, Riley. It's Ian Moss. A favorite new to me game that I played this year is probably a Dice Kingdoms of Valeria. I love all the Valeria games, and I really didn't think that roll and write games were for me, but it just gets me. The game just gets me. I don't know what it is about it, but uh, but I love it. Uh, we played it, and then immediately we're like, oh crap, we have to play this again. And I'm so glad that I came with a little expansion so that we can continue to do that. A fond memory from this year is probably all of the people, all of the reactions and seeing people play Bunkers and Badasses and Wonderland's War. It is always great when a thing that you helped make like resonates with people and having both of those like in this year like really resonate with players of all different types. Those are two very different games, obviously. But uh, it's been great. And also getting to play as a character for the first time on Friend Info Adventure Co. Super awesome. This is not the last that you've seen of Drake Wilson. Mwahaha. Hey there, this is Tim from the Board Game Hot Takes podcast. Riley just wanted to stop by and say Happy New Year and congrats on another great year of a fantastic show and lots of awesome interviews. My favorite gaming memories of this year, there's so many great ones, but some of them were just hanging out and gaming with you and Ryan and David Rodriguez on Ryan's uh, YouTube channel. We're getting together monthly and that's one of the things I look forward to the most throughout the month is just getting to do that, that monthly gaming session with you guys. Super fun. Love doing it. So glad to be a part of it. One of my favorite games that was new to me this year is a game I wanted to call out because Riley, you were you were instrumental in introducing me to it, and that was the Arkham Horror card game. Uh, this is a game that I'd been interested in trying, but you really you know kind of dragged me into it, and I've loved it. I think it's such a fun thematic experience. It's exciting. It's tense. It's scary. What a great great use of uh, you know board game mechanisms to tell a theme and tell a story. So that was a super fun one for me. I hope you have another great year this year. Can't wait to hear who you're interviewing. Always look forward to Friday mornings to see who's popping up on your feed. Take care. Welcome to the board game community show. I'm your host, Riley Stark. Join me as I get to know 
folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, publishers, whatever. Really anything with an er at the end of its title is welcome here on the board game community show. Show.